0: Welcome to the first live Present Fathers podcast, and uh, we are super excited. Uh, my name is George. I'm here with Brandon, Dustin, and Justin, and hey. yeah, just absolutely pumped to have uh, our live setup ready to go, and uh, yeah, boys, let's take it away with intros. Brandon, how you been, man?
1: Man, I've been real good. I uh, had a great week at work, got to do a little bit of a car show thing, so I got to ride around the car and hang out with some old buddies and have a good time, so I'm I'm excited. Nice, nice.
0: Dustin, how
2: about you? Yeah, sounds good, man. I was at the pool all weekend with my kid. He's learning how to swim. He's doing really good. He's underwater for like 15 seconds by himself, which is not bad for a two-year-old. So just watching him get better at that has just been an absolute joy.
0: Awesome. Dustin, how about you, man?
3: Oh, man. Uh, I go to Chicago uh, this—actually, tomorrow for a week. So I've been prepping for that, uh, making sure my wife's set up for the, the kiddo and everything's good there, but he's unfortunately been sick. Uh, coffin and all that jazz so that's not been too much fun watching him be mm-hmm. miserable but yeah everything else is pretty good job's going well so all right yeah you just started the
0: new the new job right
3: yeah that's why i'm going to chicago um our corporate headquarters is there and we do training um i'm going to be joining i think 10 or 12 other uh new reps uh that were hired nationwide so
0: nice yeah. good deal well congrats again on uh thanks the, the job change i know you're you're pretty excited to Oh, <laughs> be man. back in the industry. Excited you're... ain't the word. Yeah, yeah. Man. relieved, thankful.
3: Yeah. Oh yeah, stoked, man.
0: Awesome. Um, yeah, I'm George. Uh, I've been doing pretty good. Um, traveled the last couple weeks. Uh, man, weather really screwed up travel this week. It's been it's been mm-hmm. a journey. But other than that, uh, doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. So no complaints. My wife and I went out on a date night last night. Really, there's a new place that opened up in town. It was really awesome and nice. Yeah, we had a good time. So, all righty, Brandon, take us away. You are, the, you are the host for tonight's episode. Yes, sir.
1: Uh, so, the things we're going to talk about tonight uh, first of all, the book that we read um, this past week was by Meg Meeker. Um, she has a bunch of great books like Hero, um, but the main book we, we discussed and we read was Strong Fathers, Strong Daughters. And uh, there's a picture right there, just in case you want to see the, the title on the cover there. Uh, It's a fantastic book. I honestly think that you're not going to find a greater cheerleader for dads today than Dr. Meg Meeker. Um, She's a psychologist um, who has been a pediatric psychologist for over 32 years. Um, I think the book is, it's friendly, it's practical, encouraging, um, inspiring. And I think that um, every dad would be blessed uh, to read what she's written. Now, one of the things that she discusses in great detail is, um, one, how men are marginalized and dad bashing has become a huge issue in our current culture. And, um, I know that a lot of dads on, on top of that have struggled with the demands of fatherhood and whether they measure up on a daily basis. Um, but you know, in her books, she encourages us that our presence alone and our effort alone is all that our kids will need from us. Um, so it's it's really encouraging just to know that our presence is, is what they really they, they hunger for. And one of the things that she goes into is um, social psychology and behavioral psychology, most especially emotional regulation and emotional intelligence. And that's going to be the two main topics that we discuss tonight. So let's let's knock out the definitions first. That way we kind of get a good understanding of of what each one are now. Keep in mind, emotional regulation is actually one of the branches of emotional intelligence. Um, so, we'll go into that a little bit more in detail. Uh, emotional regulation is the ability to exert control over one's own feelings and emotional state. It may involve behaviors such as rethinking a challenging situation to reduce anger or anxiety, um, hiding visible signs of sadness or fear, or focusing on reasons to feel happy or calm. Okay, so that's emotional regulation. Um, emotional intelligence, um, otherwise known as EQ or emotional quotient is the ability to understand, use, and manage your own emotions in a positive way to relieve stress, to communicate effectively, to empathize with others, uh, overcome challenges and diffuse conflict. So that's, that's the kind of bread and butter definitions. Now, uh, I'm going to turn it over uh, to you guys. What do you guys think, um, personally, what emotional regulation is and how important is it um, to you guys in your, your personal lives.
2: I'll I'll take that one first. Um, I remember watching uh, Mr. Rogers when I was a kid. And man, we mm-hmm. all miss Mr. Rogers. He was all about yes. what do you do with the mad you feel, you know, and all that stuff. And I don't know if, uh, you know, a lot of more modern television shows geared towards kids do as good of a job as that did uh, in helping kids, you know, deal with uh, emotional issues. Um, I had so many coping mechanisms when I was young, when I got bullied when I was sad, um, when I had, uh, you know, challenges, like every kid uh, does. And I thought about that. And I thought about, you know, my family taught me, and I had strategies and coping mechanisms. And I think a lot of parents, a lot of dads, a lot of moms just don't teach their kids how to cope with the inevitable emotional challenges that they're going to find. So yeah, give me more Mr. Rogers, and, uh, you know, I think we'll be in a better place.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely.
0: Yeah, definitely.
3: I was going to cut you off, Brandon, and, and do the whole, uh, what is that, 40 year old virgin where Kevin Hart's like, uh, you're using all these big words, man, and uh, I'm going to take offense to those. <laughs> no. <laughs> you try to say I'm stupid? No. Uh, so Yes, uh, yes, we are. <laughs> they found me out. You left it wide open. <laughs> they, they found me out. Just slam the door in my face, man, while you're at it. All right. So, uh, emotional intelligence for me, this is actually something that. Um, You know, we've spoke about behind closed doors, uh, something I actually wanted to cover in the future, Uh, just as a father. But um, if we're talking about children and and for ourselves as a whole, uh, emotional intelligence is the ability, say for instance, um, when you're a dad and you're in front of your children and your wife does something extremely, extremely bad or somebody does something to upset you and get an emotional response from you. Emotional intelligence is stopping, taking a deep breath, Understanding that how you react is what your children will see. Yeah. It's that's- what everyone else will see, and always being that guy that's calm, cool, and collected, no matter how terrible the situation. You are a very emotionally intelligent person, if that's the case, um, and that's what you should strive for because those are the people that you know get respected. So.
1: Sure, and that's, that's actually called emotional deferring. So you teach your, yourself and your, your children to defer. So even when you're angry and you're wanting to say something, you defer that emotion. You, you, it's not suppressing it so much as it is controlling it and keeping it held until you can address it properly. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's, emotional deferment is very important for sure. And we'll get into that a little bit more. But how about you, George? What do you, what do you think yeah. you're defining?
0: Um, so we're defining both, right? Regulation and intelligence. Mm-hmm. Um, regulation, in my own words, Um, yeah, I guess just being able to just, uh, control it in the moment. Right. And then, um, I think intelligence is, it's, it's not the, it's more of the identification aspect of it, both your own and others, um, kind of feelings and, and, uh, being able to kind of sense, it's like a sixth sense a little bit like, Hey, I think this person's getting agitated or things like that, that I think being able to identify it is the, is the key point there about intelligence you know if you can't identify it then it doesn't matter really how much you can regulate because you go get blindsided by it but i don't know that's my the way i've interpreted those
1: right right yeah and i think the most important thing that people have to remember is you know when you're wanting to teach your children emotional regulation or emotional intelligence either one you first have to be able to model it for yourself Mm -hmm. Um, so the most important thing for a dad to do is to be able to do these things for himself, to be healthy himself, and then he can model it to his children and even his wife. So, you know, if there's turmoil in the house, check your, check your, your regulation and your intelligence, where, where are you weak at? Because everybody's Mm -hmm. weak in one of the sectors and we're going to go into the sectors here in just a second, but everybody's weak somewhere. And if you really, look at yourself in the mirror and you write them down and you start progressing on those. Like I said, just one day at a time. In the previous podcast, you'll really start being able to model these things really well. And you'll learn some stuff that will help you as a dad and as a husband. So, uh, let's, let's dive into emotional intelligence. So, um, can I, can I interrupt
3: you real quick? Sorry. Uh, I never answered the regulation. So uh, again, stupid idiot. Yeah. Um, so regulation for me, um, I've actually had a few outlets like, like Dustin was talking about, you know, we all have our inner wars Our you know, not not so much demons here, but just our, our, our inner battles, mm-hmm. uh, and, and finding coping mechanisms is, is either key in, in progressing or making yourself worse. Cause if you don't find ways to deal with what you are thinking emotionally or feeling, excuse me, emotionally because of your own intelligence, I think, in the end, um, for me, music and the gym and finding healthy outlets to get rid of my rage and anger and the things that I felt, you know, when something bad happened to me or my upset or, you know, whatever the case may be for certain instances. I think finding those proper channels is definitely key. But um, mm-hmm. for anybody, I would suggest 100% the gym. The gym will always make you feel good. And two, um, mm-hmm. that actually regulates you physically as well, uh, and your mental state, but the music music, man is a great outlet for everything. So,
1: and, and the good news is I'm glad, I'm so glad you brought that up. We're actually going to go through a lot of coping mechanisms, both for adults and children here in the, the kind of the back end of the podcast. So that's, that's awesome, man. I appreciate you bringing that up. So let's break down the five primary sectors of emotional intelligence, uh, self-awareness, social skills, self-regulation which is again the emotional regulation uh and motivation and empathy okay and just like anything else in life uh again people are always going to have to start somewhere and they're also going to have to build up because they might be weak in some of these and they might be naturally uh, gifted or strong in some of these um so i would say that uh people need to to study these and uh, again like you were saying dustin self-awareness i realized um watching uh Mr. Rogers, there was certain emotions that I might have felt. He taught me coping mechanisms. I was aware of the emotions in the first place, though. So that's the important part. Uh, Starting to realize and see those emotions allows you to regulate them. So that's the main part of the intelligence that people really need to grasp at first. So I would say always hit up self-awareness first and then go from there. Cause like, you can always tell when you're losing your patience, when you're getting mad, when you're starting to feel anxious or sad, you know, those, your body kind of has natural physical ways of manifesting that. And if it doesn't, then your emotions definitely will, uh, through your behaviors. Um, social skills is going to be the second one. Obviously that kind of goes without saying that, um, a lot of us, especially in this day and age with social, um, media and all that stuff, social skills, to be honest, for a lot of people is lacking. Um, so I would say um, getting in person with people and building up your social skills is really important. And then obviously we'll go into more emotional regulation later. But uh, motivation, motivation is kind of one of those that's buried into a form of discipline because you're usually motivated by something that um, really piques your interest or that you, you feel like will, will provide benefit for you. Um, and a lot of our self-defense mechanisms will push us away from being motivated from something that we don't like, or that has caused trauma in our past. So you can always seek those behaviors and kind of uh, adjust yourself. And it, man, it's pretty amazing. Like I've dug into the past, my past traumas and found out, oh, that's why I behave this way. Or that's why I do this now. And that's why I do this with my child. Uh, you know, when I react this way. Uh, so it, it's really important to, to know what your motivations are and, and how to drive them. Um, because I think discipline is one of those things that is kind of an under for your motivation, because when you don't have motivation, your discipline and your character needs to kick in to push you through it anyways. And like Justin was saying, a great example of that would be the gym. Like how many of us want to go to the gym every day, especially at five o'clock in the morning, nobody. <laughs> Unless it's Dustin, because he eats <laughs> tons of cookies. But you know, you know what? I mean, I guess what I'm trying to say is you're gonna have things that you're not gonna be motivated for all the time. And so that's where other things kick in. But um, I think one of the other most important ones is gonna be empathy. And empathy is just like we were talking about in the the past podcast, uh, with Stu Weber's Tender Warrior, empathy is a is a huge role in both a, in fatherhood and as a husband. So um, we'll go into more of that, but are there any other types of skills or sectors that you guys think should be on that list besides the five that we have? I'm thinking. Sure. sure. Yeah,
3: that's that's hard. Um, hmm.
0: I don't. I mean, I don't know if it it kind of cuts across all of them, but maybe like control. You kind of said it too. Discipline. I don't know. I guess it's self regulation, but um, yeah, it's self regulation. Never mind.
2: Maybe something about awareness of other people, right? I mean, we talked about like social skills kind of covers that a little bit, but a lot of us have self-awareness. We know when we're angry, but then um, maybe it's not so easy to tell, you know, when someone else is angry or someone else needs something from you that you're not providing. Um, That's, that's kind of a tough one.
3: Yeah. I mean, that might fall under empathy though. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. I Mm -hmm. don't know. Yeah, that's
0: sure, that's a no. that's
1: a tough one to throw at you guys. So I guess let's. I'll, let's I'll yield to I'll yield to
0: the the doctor who wrote it. <laughs> <That's right>. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, fair. yeah, that's that's a great thing. She's got a lot
2: of quotes wait, that wait. That I want a man. I want a mansplain to the doctor. Yeah, here, here, <laughs> you're, my you're, idea is better.
1: You're a
0: qualified, you know, psychiatrist or thing. Let me exactly, Let yeah. me <laughs> let me drag my knuckles over here and try and. <laughs> add one more. No, nah, I got nothing to add. Honestly, I think it's she obviously outlined it pretty well. I'm sure she put a lot of thought into these five categories.
1: Okay. So let's just go into ways to teach our kids intelligence. Um, And we can discuss some things uh, in our personal lives that that, the ways that we do those things. So um, the first thing would be model, again, modeling the appropriate emotional and social expressions. When you're talking to your children, like being patient, even when you're Mm -hmm. super frustrated, Um, you know, uh, understanding that children, they are going to have just a select few puzzle pieces instead of the whole puzzle. And as adults, who have grown and have experiences, we have the entire puzzle and we right. have the tendency to lose our patience and get frustrated at children because we forget that they only just have a mm-hmm. select few of those puzzle pieces. So yeah. it's it's such an important aspect. And I think if we remind ourselves in that in the moment, we realize, okay, hey, I can be a lot more patient with my son because man, he hasn't done this stuff like I have. And I'm expecting a little more than I probably should. And so, like, I always kind of check myself when I'm about to start laying down the, you know, the law with my son yeah. as far as discipline. Um, but, yeah, modeling those is is so vital because they, they literally pick up on all of our behaviors so extensively. Um, so how would you guys model, uh, like, a social expression or an appropriate emotion? Is there something that you guys do on a daily basis with your kids? To model it? Yeah.
0: Um. I don't well I mean like you were saying earlier just kind of I mean they they they're always observant watching everything we do right so it's you know not getting overly amped up about something that's kind of small right uh, Sure. but I I don't know about modeling but it's something we have to work with our daughter a lot is uh just like telling like getting her to take deep breaths to just like get it back under control she'll get real emotional really fast and like start crying and stuff sometimes over nothing and you know like i try and like diffuse myself or like it's okay nothing's wrong try and start talking slower and stuff take deep breaths mm-hmm. myself but i don't know that's just one
3: thing yeah i mean same thing my kid just starts crying all the time <laughs> well he is an no. infant.
1: <laughs> <That's what laughs> do, yeah. it's weird how that my, works for, yeah. for
0: context mine just turned seven so <laughs>
3: no um Honestly, Ainsley and I do a very good job of smiling, and he is literally the smiliest mm. little dude you'll ever see in your life. If you see mm. any photos of my kid, he's literally always smiling. If you see him in a video, he'll look at you and just grin from ear to ear. He is the most joyous human being I've ever been around, and we try to push that and, and make it thrive by every time he sees us in the morning or when I'm changing his diaper or you know mm. whatever the case may be, I'm always smiling at him, and it's it's a genuine smile. And I just, it's my way of showing him love because yes, he's an infant. Uh, He can't communicate. So, you know, it's a, it's a little different with, with my child right now for me, but uh, I think that's, that's something that we try to model is, is kids pick up on what you put down. You see what I'm saying? And like um, it's, it's a big deal. Uh, If a kid sees you you know fighting most of your life with your spouse, they're probably gonna pick up on those things and start doing that with other people and lash out and do bad things. Absolutely. Whereas if you're a smiley parent, you're always joyous, you're always happy around them. They're gonna think, man, I'm loved, I'm happy. I, I have no reason not to be happy,
2: so. Yeah. That's awesome, you, so, I love that you have that. Yeah, definitely. I go out of my way um, when I'm with my son, no matter how uh, unfriendly or unapproachable somebody is, um, I'm gonna go say hi to them and I'll say, hey Lucas, can you say hi to this person? And a lot Mm -hmm. of times, uh, you know, they'll open up immediately and it it affects him in a lot of positive ways. He's incredibly social, um, very friendly, um, always has something fun to say to people. And, uh, you know, I think that behavior will, um, play in as he gets older, you know, to where he will be an open, uh, friendly person that people want to talk to. And I think that's a really important thing.
1: Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Uh, sorry. I wanted to add one more thing about how, how, um, I think how powerful it is the the puzzle piece analogy because um like it was really convicting for one right because there's just you know you had a rough day at work or just a lot going on you're tired stressed and then like you're a little less patient with your child than you should be and it's kind of like oh yeah I've walked the earth for almost 34 years I've got a little bit more perspective on how to handle this specific item uh but it's such a great um yeah, we can show that. We'll, 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 uh, we'll, uh, highlight this comment here, but yeah, it's just, I think it was such a beautiful, uh, description of how we need to like remind ourselves to just take a pause, think about it. And, th- and it's the empathy thing, right? You're, you're empathizing with how your child is reacting to whatever the situation is. And it was definitely convicting for me. Cause there, you know, there's just so many times where you just, you're a little bit short with your kid and you're like, Oh man, I wish I could take that back. And, um, yeah. So, hey, I wanted to just this is our first uh, live comment. So, huge shout out to outside the target demographic. Uh, he said, "Hey, gents, I saw your shout out on Friday Night Tights, which is uh, a different streaming show. They they cover like movies and pop culture and stuff like that. It's something I follow. They're a really awesome channel, really funny. And uh, anyway, have to catch this one on the reupload. But why do you know you have a fan? So, hey, thanks for thanks for stopping by, man. Appreciate you joining. Well, absolutely. And, uh, absolutely. You. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll try and make this a good one for you. Absolutely. anyway so back back to the regularly regularly scheduled broadcast now
1: but <laughs> so yeah you were you were talking and, and this is a great point you were talking about how sometimes you might lose your cool that's another great way to model emotional expression and intelligence you say um you know daughter or son you know i'm i was angry i was frustrated mm-hmm. yeah. because of this kind behavior of right and and I'm not perfect. Nobody's going to be perfect in your life. There are going to be people even that you love that will, you know, hurt your feelings at times and uh, test your patience. But, you know, uh, I'll apologize for it. And you apologize to them sincerely. And and I, I really think that that's another way to model um, so, some good behaviors, you know. So even mistakes are, are great chances to to teach children uh, yeah. because, you know, we're all going to make them. I mean, that's, that's for sure. Uh, so, yeah.
0: That That is definitely one thing I try and do, though, is, like, every time I screw up, I, I try and admit it as quickly as possible and go apologize. And I think we talked about this a lot last week, too, but, you know, yeah, I think, I guess the point I want to make is, like, I'm pretty hard on myself, um, but, mm-hmm. you know, like, you're going to mess up. Like, we're all human. We're all going to make mistakes. Yeah. So uh, I think, you know, obviously try not to make mistakes, but if you do, own it and then apologize for it. And I think that mm-hmm. your, your child will be pretty quick to kind of, like... Let let it go, you know, and, and they won't build resentment or anything. So sure, sure. Hang in there, guys. Don't give up after one bad day or something, you know.
1: Right, right. Yeah. And and again, our presence, man. Like our kids are born um, naturally um, striving and wanting our attention, um, unconditionally loving us and respecting us. Like that's that is a given uh, from birth. Now, whether we. Keep that. That's that's on us. But even then, I, I've seen so many uh, examples in this book and other places where children who didn't have dads um, or dads just abused them or caused a lot of trauma. They still yearn for that dad's approval and they still yearn for that attention. So, you know, you're you're gonna be loved and yearned for, regardless if you make mistakes and. The thing is, you just got to learn from them and you got to pick yourself up. And you got to improve on those things and just become your kid's hero. And that's that's the that's the bottom line. Become your kid's hero every day. And again, the presence is one of the most important things. And that's that's why this podcast is here. We want to be present fathers because we know that's one of the most impactful things on our children's lives. Um but let's go into the uh, the second bullet point here for teaching ways to teach our kids intelligence. The second one is developing problem solving skills, um, asking questions that help guide them uh, to figure things out for themselves. So um, do you have guys have any cool examples for maybe this week or any time recently where you've kind of guided your kids through um, a- an issue? Uh, maybe ask them questions to kind of get them thinking, get that brain churning on certain things to kind of figure out something on their on their own that's easy for me
3: having an infant um, <laughs> I know I mean like seriously we uh, so our yeah, morning like routine is that, right like, yeah no I mean on, like yeah yeah so like our morning routine um, I, I put him in bed in our bed and I know before anybody says <laughs> don't
1: put him in your bed well
3: we're not putting him in our bed he doesn't sleep in our bed he never comes to our bed for that reason. He's just in a little like carrier thing, and and I put him towards the TV, and it's the only time of day we let him watch TV. And I throw him on baseball. We watch MLB's, you know, highlights from the night before on the MLB channel, and it's like our father son bonding time. Well, what I like to do is we do a little tummy time afterwards, and we always put a toy just out of his reach. And there you go. He just you know, we try Smart. to get him to move and do, and and he's gotten to the point now where he will. He will roll and grab just so he can get extra, you know, length, and it's it's Does pretty like, incredible. Seeing
0: I gotta ask because Raylan would do this where she would just kind of stop and like look at you like, "Dude, give me the <laughs> why do why did you put it there? Just give me the ball," you know? Right? Yeah. Why are we doing this? <laughs> no. can, even the baby, they're just like <laughs> Bennett.
3: Bennett, no, Bennett will do this. Give he'll he'll ball. he'll smile at you and he's like, "Yeah, yeah, this is about to happen," and then he just goes for it and then nice he does these like grunts and yeah. stuff and his whole <sighs> face is like he's smiling, that's but he's funny. grunting at the same time. And like, he's like super big for a baby, like muscular wise. He's just dense. He doesn't have much. Weight. I mean, he has a lot of fat now. He looks like the Michelin man, but when he was born, he was eight pounds, 10 ounces and like no fat. It was weird. Mm-hmm. So he's just like Mr. Shoulders and he's like, yeah, I'm going to get it, you know? And so it's Thanks. just cute, man. We, we really enjoy, uh, you know, trying to challenge him physically. Cause that's where he yeah. kind of excels. Uh unfortunately, um, he may end up in his father's brains department. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs>
2: yeah, with my son, it's been such a joy. Uh again, he's about two and a half, so perfect time to start learning how to swim. And um it is a little scary letting your kid be underwater when he's that little, you know, for as long as you need to be, but that's how he learns. And uh, you know, when I'm able to get him just those little bit of skills more and more, you know, it's where he's able to get better at that is just, uh, is it, so much fun. It's, it's been really cool, you know, being, yeah. being part of that.
0: That mm. is cool. I think, uh, examples from this week. I mean, like when we're reading a book at the Greenland, I won't just like immediately tell her the answer to a word she's struggling on, you know, make her kind of work it out. Um, if she asks like what a word means or something, we'll kind of say, well, what do you think it means first? And then mm-hmm. help her like find, you know, get the right answer. But, uh... or she uses
3: detrimental wrong. And you yeah, know, you know, some of us wait till 30s before for we find it. Weeks, you know, it's, you know okay. it's, that. Um,
0: it's still so funny. That's going to be like the, it's going to be like the inside joke of this podcast. Oh, it's like it's forever. For now. Sure. I was like, I was, I was you know what's so detrimental. Uh, yeah. Uh, um for those who haven't seen it <laughs> justin misused Probably. detrimental twice in our first episode, episode. he meant i think he meant yeah. to say like foundational or to- crucial or something yeah
3: anyway yeah. episode one revenge of the grammar oh, yeah geez. we just do a lot
0: of little <laughs> things like that with Raylan because she's at you know she's seven now so mm-hmm. it's like we you know i'm trying to get her to be as independent as possible and you know never let her totally fail but let her fail a little bit so she like learns how to overcome that right. stuff but i think honestly the biggest challenge is just she's she gets so emotionally charged so fast that you know we're trying to get her to identify like well why are you upset right now? She's like I don't know. I was like well think about it what what is bothering you? So right we're still working uh, on that one. That's the hard, that's the hard one. But
1: yeah for like for Benjamin um, one example was and Jordan Peterson has this in his book uh, Twelve Rules of Life. He says never interrupt a kid when they're skateboarding, and because it one it helps them learn their physical limitations. Um, it lets them learn certain aspects of how how to create um strength and diversity um and well, break an arm <laughs> yeah, well yeah i mean but hey that's again physical limitations you know uh so ben was trying to do certain things with the skateboard he actually ended up um scratching his face up a good bit but he was like dad i, I don't understand how it happened i said well i said did you go up any curbs or anything like that and he's Started thinking, about it. I was like, "Yeah, I hit the curve. I said, "Well, son, if the board stops and you don't, what do you think's going to happen?" He started thinking about it. He says, "I'm going to hit something." I said, "Yeah, yeah." And so I said, "Just get back up and try it again." And I, I didn't help him. And but man, I tell you what, that kid was cruising over it like no problem after that. But it took a couple tries, yeah. and you know there was, you know there was some hardship there. And I did the same for Bela. You know, uh, I like when she's trying to stand or balance on something. I'll say, do you want me to hold your hand or do you want to try it yourself? And most of the times they'll try it themselves, but I'll be there not touching them, but like right, like my hands are right there by their arms. So if they do fall, they know dad's safety is there. But if they, um, if they don't, then I never did anything and it was all them and they understand that. And so that's, I think that's really important. Uh, you know, when developing any kind of problem solving skills, just kind of give the hints and the questions. Mm -hmm. Uh so yeah. for me that's that's how I do it.
3: Yeah. Um yeah. Um nice. well t- to, to add something before uh, sure. Dusty yeah. talks real quick, uh what he continued to say, Jordan Peterson, that is, uh said you gotta let your kids do dangerous things carefully. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because if they're doing dangerous things carefully, they're learning.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That's how they learn. Yeah. So and it's built into our brains. Um, recent research is fascinating. Um when mothers have a child their amygdala, their fear center, triples in size, and it never shrinks. So when they're 80 and their daughter is 60, they still have that same fear level. Fathers, Mm -hmm. our amygdala doesn't change at all. Stays (laughs) the same, right? So (laughs) nature designed us to have mothers who are a little overly concerned and fathers Mm -hmm. who maybe aren't concerned enough. And between the two of us, we make sure the mom made sure you don't die. The dad makes sure you do some challenging things. Um, But other parts of our bodies do change. So our oxytocin levels, which is your cuddle hormone, surge during pregnancy. So even though we're not pregnant, our brains are so powerful that they cause our hormones to surge. So we are very cuddly. I remember crying during commercials. You know, when I first had my baby, going, "Oh my God, this is the most touching Ford commercial You know, right? Like, what is wrong with me? <laughs> Why, so Why that. did you, Why'd you give me that commercial? It's, <laughs> yeah,
0: I just—it's exactly. funny too, because like I just have to interject because you're like such a yeah. large man. You know, like when people see you, they're probably just like, "Dude, that guy's a monster." Yeah. You know, like you're very
3: masculine. You know, Dustin, <laughs> Dustin has PTSD from Sarah McLaughlin. Every time she comes on. He's
2: like, (laughs) got me. That's right. Yeah. So, but it's it's fascinating to me to know that we're designed to be that way, right? To allow our children to to take some risks and to learn that way, because if we don't, they they never learn, and that you know that's that's dangerous later on in life.
1: It's, yeah that's more hurtful to them in the long run than it is helpful uh it, and helicopter parenting mean, over, the, over over shelter yeah protection. like helicopter yeah, yeah. parenting yeah absolutely and and that, i think that's why jordan had it in his book hmm. was because you got to take risk i mean being alive is a risk the second you you're born is risky you yep. know birth I is mean, risky the second yeah. you're born <laughs> you're living risk the whole life and i mean yeah one out of one people die. So you're going to die. I mean, we're <laughs> dying today. It's just a matter of when we actually kick the bucket. True. So, you know, just, you, yeah. you got to take it in strides, but um, let's move on to the third bullet point. Third bullet point is help children label their emotions. And this is a great one. Um, my son is a high emotion, uh, sensitive child. He is highly empathetic and just like extreme genius level observation skills. Like He I don't even have to say anything. I can look at him in a specific way. And he just bursts into tears because he reads my body language. 70% of communication is body language. And he just he knows that I'm frustrated or that I'm I'm upset and it upsets him. And so one of the things that he'll do now as a seven-year-old, he'll if he doesn't get his way, or like his, he he uh, he goes and tries goes out of his way to be helpful to his sister, and like he's given her like a an extra treat that he brought, and she's like, "Well, no thanks, I don't want it." It hurts his feelings, and he'll kind of he'll go hmm, and he'll you know grunt and groan, and it's like I'm like Ben, explain what you're feeling, son. Like like talk it out. Don't whine. Don't don't um. Get be frustrated with grunts and groans. I said, actually, tell us how you feel. And he'll sit down and he'll say, "Dad, my feelings are hurt." And you know, when sister did this, and like he actually gives us very specific detail on, like he's labeling those emotions so intensely, and it's it's a beautiful thing because you know the more he practices this stuff in the long run, he's going to be able to create boundaries right. uh, with it. You know, future wife, uh, friends, uh, peers. Like it's, it's it's one of those things that kind of has a, a a domino effect so for me personally labeling emotions especially with a high sensitivity child is is so so important and I'm sure you guys have plenty of examples I'd love to love to hear yeah. from you.
3: um so Dustin, how would you label the emotion you felt when I stole your last cookie when we were neighbors I
2: mean Remember um, the scene uh, where Julius Caesar says et tu Brute to Brutus when uh, the whole Roman Senate is stabbing him? Yeah, that (laughs) didn't even hold a candle to how I felt. So much rage. (laughs) Betrayal. Couldn't believe it. Uh, (laughs) Those are good cookies, too. That's messed up, man. Yeah, Yeah, I remember Christmas. You were like, you look so betrayed
3: that I took the last cookie and I just shoved it in my my mouth as fast (laughs) as I could. And I just stared in your soul. I was like, (laughs) You know what's happening right
2: here. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a moment.
0: So on the next episode of How Not to Be a Good Friend. Yeah Dustin's uh, gonna go <laughs> Dustin's he's gonna, gonna go, go get go cookies now. Up he's, a puppy. He, he's running over to your house right now. He's gonna beat you up.
1: Okay. Oh man. What about you,
0: George? Uh, let's see. Sorry, what was the question? How do how do I help them label or what?
1: Yeah, like, how would you help your your child label her emotions?
0: Yeah, I think I kind of already talked about. Yeah, yeah. I I didn't mean to. I I hopped ahead, but yeah, I mean, whenever she's kind of struggling with, um, you know, when she's kind of worked up, you know, be like, well, why, why are you upset? You know, think about the what is making you upset right now. It's like I don't know. It's like, well, it's okay, but think about it because if you, you know, can figure out why you're upset, then maybe you can wind down. You know, sometimes Mm -hmm. she's just
2: tired. Yeah, right. <laughs> but, my my, uh, my son taught me something today. Um, we were at the pool, and uh, he really needed a pee, so he was super nervous and sad and upset. And I was like, "Hey, buddy, what's going on? Why are you upset?" You know, thinking he was having something else going on. He's mm-hmm. like, "Dad, I have to go to the bathroom." <laughs> I was like, "All right, let's yeah, go." My bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was a fan. Of he probably thing. thought
0: he's doing something wrong. Almost, yeah. it's funny. Yeah, exactly. yeah. The whole puzzle piece thing there again. You know.
3: Yeah. 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 yeah funny. Uh, I can't really say too much on this one. Other than, you know, my son's looking at me at three o'clock in the morning, like, yeah. dude, really? Like, my butt's full. Mm-hmm. I want to change. And you're just looking yeah. at me, trying to rock me to sleep. What's going on? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's like, change my diaper, give me some self respect back, and then I'll think about going yeah, back, and back. You'll have to so, wait probably another two yeah. years before you're really
1: working on that one.
3: Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure.
1: But yeah, I, I think the good thing too with that is um, that's where that self awareness comes in for us as dads is being able to to recognize and label our own emotions and then model that to our children so again it comes back down to the modeling aspect of it you know being able to model that like to your wife like a uh, good example like if i'm tired and i'm just i'm anxious i will i will literally Tell my wife, I'll say, "Honey, I'm I'm going to take a quick power nap, or take a walk, or or do something because I'm just feeling a little bit anxious, and uh, I think I think that'll help me out a little bit." And my son will be like, "Oh, all right, Dad, I'll, I'll you know I'm going to take a nap too because I'm feeling the same way." And so, like he learned firsthand from me. And so, uh, dads, it's important know your own emotions, be able to label your own emotions, and and sometimes that can be a difficult or a painstaking process, but man, there's a lot of healing in that too. So I, I would always encourage fathers to do that for themselves. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see. Next, next bullet point was show empathy. Um, I think that's, that's pretty self-explanatory. Yep. Um, I think one key point that's, that's really important though, is being empathetic to your children. And again, that goes back to that puzzle piece analogy that we we're talking about, um, you, you've really got to empathize with somebody in their own shoes before you, you, you set a standard for them. Um, so that's, that's important. But, uh, fifth one would be to teach healthy coping skills. And that's what we're going to, we're going to kind of dive into here, uh, shortly. And then the sixth one is, um, uh, let's see. Yeah, I, I've gone over that. Uh, yeah, so that's, that's puzzle pieces. pieces. Yes. Yeah. So,
3: so, uh, I, I want to say empathy is not something a lot of people understand.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say we should probably like okay, we me, should that was, like because like for me that would be one of my biggest there's people weaknesses. Who don't realize, yeah.
3: yeah, there's people who don't realize they're not being empathetic towards yeah. someone.
1: Okay, okay. Dustin, you you got any ideas on, on that?
2: It's tough. I mean, and it's it's not his fault, he's only two, but my son really doesn't have a whole lot of empathy, he just doesn't get it. You know, he has his own needs, he knows what he wants, and you know, um, I try very hard, so I'll say, Hey buddy, can I have a hug? No, I don't want to give mm-hmm. you a hug, right? He wants to go play with his trucks. Um, so I'll, I'll go, I, I need a hug. I'm sad. And he'll kind of get it and go, oh, you're sad. Okay. Well, I'll I'll come give you a hug then. I, I, I don't know. I'm kind of faking being sad. So I don't know. (laughs) But, but at the same time, I think it, it helps him understand, Hey, when someone is sad, they need a hug and he's actually a pretty good kid. I'll see him at daycare. Um, you know, go and comfort another kid when they're sad. And I think in some way, some of the modeling behavior that I taught him, you know, may have given him some of those skills. Um, so that's, that's kind of mine.
1: Yeah, I think everybody has empathy. In fact, from what I've seen statistically, 98% of people have the ability to empathize with others. But I think it's just uh, the courage to display it, or the the awareness to display it, um, or Or some just don't care. Uh, well, you said they there, have there the are, ability,
3: yeah. that doesn't mean they're doing it. Sure. Yeah, but the, I sure. mean, the
1: few exceptions are usually psychopaths, narcissists, or sociopaths. sociopaths and stuff. Yeah. 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 So. But those
2: people can, like Justin said, uh, deter- they know that they're hurting people. They yeah. just don't care. Right. Whereas yeah, yeah. there are that, that small percentage who don't realize it and still do it anyways. But <laughs> I think most babies and children until a, an older age than you would think are basically little psychopaths. Right. I mean, until they're four or five yeah, years I mean, old, you have to teach them empathy. Kids don't yeah. naturally come mm-hmm. with that. <laughs>
1: yeah yeah
0: i think it's um like worth pointing out like our our society is really good at sympathy but not empathy mm. and they're very different things mm. like sympathy yeah. is like you see someone down in a hole you are know, like mm. oh wow that really sucks down there and then you like walk on right but empathy <laughs> is you do di- you dive down into the hole with them and say hey how you doing you know yeah. th- this is this is not fun right i'm right here with you and then kind of responding to the it's the puzzle piece thing, right? You're, you're thinking about it from their perspective and feeling what they feel. Uh, there's a, her name's uh Brene Brown. She's a pretty like popular, uh, you know, she does Ted talks and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And she's in this arena too, of like emotional health and things like that. Um, and that's like, she, she's real big on defining empathy and why it's so important, especially like in relationships. So whether it's with your kids or with your spouse, um, you know, being able to display, actual empathy versus sympathy is uh you know like for me that's not a natural strength for me (laughs) (laughs) ask my wife she'll tell you it's something i've had to uh put a lot of effort into being better at um as a husband and thankfully i learned it as a husband before we had a child but um yeah i mean i think our natural reaction at least in a lot of places in our country or modern culture is sympathetic like oh i'm so sorry to hear Mm -hmm. that you know and then but I'm going to go continue on with my life because I don't want to be feeling what you're feeling right now. Mm. I think that's a huge distinction that's worth pointing out. And so like, think about it with your kids, right? To them, the, the spilled milk is a big deal because they don't know that you can just go
1: get more. <laughs> right?
0: yeah. 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 And and I those,
1: mean, those high emotions are painful. Right. Yeah. I they're mean, feeling
0: it for real. They don't right, know any better. Yeah. We,
1: when we have those same emotions, again, it's a sympathy. It's our own perspective. Those aren't bad emotions. We cry or we get upset all the time and we control it. That's what most parents say to their kids. Yeah. And it's like, but no, they're in a state of mind where it's actually painful for them. So it's like you have to understand or at least empathize when you're teaching them. Yes, you can still teach them. Obviously, you don't want to coddle them, but I mean, you can still teach them with empathy. Like, okay, I understand that's painful and that hurts, but this you know and right. so oh, yeah i, I think agree. part of um, it's like validating right if you if you <laughs> don't
0: validate the feeling they're having you're essentially yeah. teaching them that it's not okay to feel that ever oh, yes. which is also yeah. not healthy so yeah, it's like it's a balance of you i think you got to meet them in the moment and then and then demonstrate how to move past said emotion or you know
3: crying about uh, it. yeah i mean i kind of see empathy as the ability to see someone else's viewpoint or perspective mm-hmm and and then reacting to it in a positive way you know whether that be you know emotionally for the person you know give them a hug you know whatever the case may be um but seeing someone's someone's viewpoint and being in it with them is the biggest thing because there's a lot of people who be like you like you said george you know they'll have sympathy oh that's that's horrible Mm -hmm. yeah your dog just died cool like let me go on about my day right you know, or Facebook. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Prayers lifted. That's right, it. Yeah, Praying. they don't call you and say, "Hey, yeah. thoughts and do you prayers. want to talk? Like, yeah, what's going you know. on? Like, right. how are you feeling right now? Like, that's empathy. When you pick up the phone mm-hmm. and you say, "Hey, I saw you lost your dad. Let's talk. Yeah. Come have a yeah. beer with me. Come do this. You know, right. like. Whereas other people are just like, "Oh my gosh, I'm pretending to care." Mm-hmm. So, yep. yeah, I mean, yeah, it's almost like the, the, the whole social
0: media version is is just virtue signaling.
3: Basically, oh, it's like, no, look, look how nice I am. Right? And it's like, yeah, I care.
1: No, no, you don't. Because <laughs> if you cared, you'd be here. <laughs> a lot of dads feel that way. A lot of dads feel like they're unheard and 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 that they're not empathized with. And you made such a beautiful point. Emotional validation is probably one of the most lacking Forms of respect that i i see on a daily basis like Mm -hmm. people just don't validate your emotions yeah your emotions might be extreme or they might be weird or different for somebody else but they're still valid emotions and you're still feeling them intensely from your own perspective so yeah, again, putting yourself in their shoes and understanding that before you say something is huge. It's, yeah. it's such an important aspect. I agree. It's really hard to like
0: the I think the way that we think as men, right? We just naturally like we're problem solvers. Mm-hmm. We just naturally think of like how do I fix broken thing, right? Um is I like I've had to really learn how to it's the puzzle piece thing, but even like with friends and with my wife and everything's like I've experienced potentially more challenge in my life in certain arenas than they have. So, like mm-hmm. me being able to handle whatever the thing is is much different than they them being able to. And if so, if I don't demonstrate empathy or make myself feel the empathy <laughs> for them, I mean, I'm going to respond very cold and like, oh, well, you know, it's mm-hmm. no big deal, you know, blah blah blah, <laughs> blah, you know, you just do this, and and then that's like totally shutting them down and doesn't, you know, makes them feel even worse because then they feel like they're wrong for not being able to handle it as well or something mm-hmm, like that. So, mm-hmm. which is just not, it's just straight up, not true. So,
3: yeah.
1: Okay. Sorry. We
0: kind of went off on a tangent there. But oh yeah. That's
1: great. Um, let's see. Dustin, did you have anything else you wanted to add to
2: that? Or? I mean, being an empath is exhausting. I think that's the reason a lot of people don't do it. Um, you know, if you spend two or three hours, you're in a good mood and you talk to your depressed friend, um, Mm -hmm. chances are you're you're not going to be in as good of a mood. And it's, uh, it's, it's a big gift to give to someone who's in a Mm -hmm. a darker place to, to give Mm -hmm. them your time and really walk in their shoes. Uh, Um, and it is, it's a sacrifice you have to make. Um, it's your time Mm -hmm. and your energy that you're giving to someone in that kind of situation. And, uh, you know, it's, it's worth it. It's great to help other people, but at the same time, you know, if, if you're coming for an empty cup, you can only do so much of it. Right. yeah Yeah. you can't fill other people's cups if yours isn't full yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. that's a great that's actually
3: that raises a great great question um if if you're if you're on e can you show empathy to someone else who's on e
0: probably not how much much. how much help can you not effectively yeah Yeah, probably not very effective yeah 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 Yeah.
1: and that's why it's so important to balance your life with like you know the physical that was my next point yeah yeah (laughs) Well and if you're I think that place most of the
3: time you can help others. You yeah. know, and I
0: think I think where you're kind of going with this too is like as men, right? Like we mm-hmm. and we already talked about it, dads feel exhausted or not heard or any of that kind of stuff. Uh that's why it's so important to have like other guy friends in your life who can appreciate what you're going through because yeah. there's just something about the way we connect as men when we're having a tough time. If if you have let your armor down, you know, uh that you're gonna feel a lot more like invigorated and able to keep fighting the good fight more so than you know even your spouse can provide there's just something different about a strong friendship between men that uh charges our batteries in a different way so i think and i that would argue
2: um even more than among men among fathers mm, i think the experience yeah. that the four of us have is very different than the experience of a man who doesn't have children it just right. is yeah and I,
1: I think i'll leave that part with a good quote from george W. he said at our best we practice empathy imagining ourselves in the lives and circumstances of others. This is the bridge across our nation's deepest divisions. And so hmm. I think that's a great point because it, it brings us together. It's the bridge between the differences of people and cultures. And uh, I think that's a beautiful point. Cool. <coughs> now, oh look. oh, look, a squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so one of the things that, that Meg talked about, and she there was a quote, um, she said, the creator of all the source of all power and wisdom has one great desire to be called father. And you share that name with God. And so I thought that was such a beautiful point in the book, because basically what it's saying is if you're a dad, whether you know it or not, you're a hero to your kid. And this is like the kind of reassurance that we need on a daily basis. Now, um, let's, let's dive a little bit into coping mechanisms. Okay. Um, I think teaching kids uh, new strategies is great. Um, so one of the things that I was looking at was um, making uh, coping skills fun, uh, mm-hmm. specifically for my children. So like one of the ways that we do it at uh, Summer and I, will we'll go on um, afternoon bike rides or walks. And, uh, you know, nine times out of the 10, the kids are going to just end up playing with other kids, but they're they're still getting that mindset of, um, you know, it's the afternoon we're tired or we're kind of fussy and we're, we're pent up in the house. Let's go for a walk or a run or a hike, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and then sometimes if they're stuck in the house, cause it's storming, you know, we'll, we'll blast some music and, uh, you know, let them dance around and run and, you know, just kind of get, get them phased out. But I, I feel like, um, there's so many kind of different things that you can do like that example wise, um, that helps kids actively or physically um, cope with certain things. And I feel like that's such an important thing going into adulthood because, you know, when you're battling depression or anxiety, the gym or being just any kind of physical activity. And I I think um, Dustin could probably touch on this as a doctor more than anybody, but uh, physical activity is such a a, a huge thing for our mental health. Mm So,
2: yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's super important. Definitely. I know um, for me, the best coping mechanism I've found for my son is, his head is everywhere. He's stressed out. He's concerned. He's crying. Um, if I can grab him by the shoulders and stare directly at him, and make good eye contact with him, um, mm-hmm. that immediately calms him down. That's something that uh, you know at that age, you know that exercise or taking a deep breath, that kind of stuff. They don't know how to do that, right? They don't yeah. know how to. Um, they have these big feelings and they don't know how to handle it. So right. if you can distract them from those big feelings and focus on them and have a a happy, calm, relaxed face, he's going to understand everything's going to be okay. And and whatever yeah. was really stressing him out is, is not as big of a deal. So with young kids, especially, um, that's been the most important thing for me is to make that eye contact and, yep. uh, and not allow my, my fear, my anxiety and my stress to show, but to show him that we're calm, mm-hmm. we're happy and it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, and
0: it's like important to get down on their level. Right. And then, um, yeah. Eye contact is huge. Like even, even amongst adults, right? Like that, one of the, one of the most important ways you can tell a person that you care about what they're saying, whether it's work or friendships or whatever, is to look them straight in the eyes. And for some reason, a lot of people are really uncomfortable with that. But if you make direct eye contact that says like, I, you're, I see you, I hear you, mm. um, you know, like not crossing arms, but instead of leaning in and listening to them, stuff like that. There's a lot of like your kids pick up on that too. Mm. Um, but what I think Dustin, what you were describing is is a term called grounding too. It's like, it's something that takes them out of that moment. Um, it's like a, a lot of like high anxiety people have to find like grounding techniques to mm-hmm. take them out of the moment. Sometimes it's like you just clench your fist or you touch something that's smooth or, you, you know, whatever, but there's a lot of tools like that. So but that's awesome. I'm, I, I should probably do that more with my own daughter is just get down her level and just look at her
1: and it'd be like, it's okay. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's, I'm going to take that. As somebody who suffers <laughs> yeah, from it. a lot of a lot of anxiety myself, that's that that couldn't be a truer statement for me because, man, I, there, there's a breathing exercises like I, I'm always catching myself doing that. Um, like Justin was saying earlier, listening to calming music or music that just kind of um, puts me in a mood. Sometimes if I'm really super anxious or nervous because like if something's out of my control, uh, personally, I turn to my faith. So like I'll read my Bible, I'll pray. Um, You know, I'll anchor myself in the present moment and just be confident that I can't control certain things and what I can control, I've already, you know, worked towards. And so at that point, that kind of helps me accept the acceptance phase there, but also
2: just kind of calming. Um, So, yeah, that's that's a great point. There's a, uh, a great book called Breath that talks about how every major religion, um, the singing among Gregorian monks, um, the Buddhist monks, uh, Muslims, Jews, all of these people have the same cadence to their breathing when they're singing or meditating. It's absolutely mm. fascinating. And these are places as far away as Asia, North America, all these different places develop these exact same cadences and patterns to their breathing um, mm. while they're uh, communing with God, essentially. Um, mm. And it's, it's all that same pattern. Um, so however you do it, uh, it works really well. It'll get you where you need to be and find yeah. that calm.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. One of the things I do for my, my daughter, she gets scared at night times, and she'll call out for one of us and, uh, I'll teach her to hug her stuffed animal, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. and, and yeah. that's just something that's right beside her. So even yeah. when mom and dad are on the way to the room, she still has that, that comfort. Mm-hmm. So she's seeking comfort with something and I'll, I you know, it, for Ben, I'll tell him he's one of those kids that has sensory um, sensitivity issues. Like if he's in a big, loud crowded space with people yelling and talking real loud and just the volumes real high um, I'll, I'll tell him to come with me and we'll, we'll go to a quiet place or I'll have him, you know, actually plug his ears so that he brings that, that level back down to a calming, you know, level. And I think that helps a lot too. So, yeah, I, I see that, but. But yeah, for me, I think uh, personally, just as a dad, spending time outside, um, like I can't tell you how many times this past few weeks that I've just sat down and looked at the clouds and the sunset and just kind of just relaxed, you know, and listened to the 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 sounds of nature around me because nature is one of the big things for me that just really kind of brings me out of that that rough element and keeps me calm. So that's something I would recommend for sure. Yeah,
0: well, just being outside, right? Like the well, one, it's good for your health absolutely your immune system gets stronger all that kind of stuff but there's also a huge mental component to it that i think Mm -hmm. um i mean i just straight up think that we were created to be in the outdoors at least a little bit i'm not a huge like i hate i don't go camping or that kind of stuff but like we'll go on walks (laughs) i like to be outside go to the pool you know be in the sun all that kind of stuff i think there's just an innate need as a human being that it's just good for you period so absolutely yeah we, we started doing uh, especially now while the weather's nice um we'll go on like a family walk through the neighborhood just a quick little around the block type of thing and you know do it around like 7 p.m and it's not too hot and i think it helps kind of calm Raylan down and get ready for bed a little bit too so
1: yeah and i think one of the beautiful things about that is when, we, when you get them in those kind of states when a kid is in a calmer state one they learn um mm-hmm. so like when you're trying to discipline a kid don't discipline them Uh, fathers when they're they're upset because when they're in a high uh, upset emotional state their brain is in a completely different literally a different hemisphere of thinking where Mm -hmm. they're the 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 thought of trying to obey and and learn is it's it's almost impossible you have to get them calm before so uh, dads one of the best things i can tell you is like dustin said get on their eye level get them calm even when you're frustrated and they've done something bad then once they're calm, teach them, let them see what they did, help them to fix it, learn, you know, that kind of thing and move on. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, going back to being outside and walking, man, I, I can't tell you how much more my kids have opened up to me emotionally when they're in a calm state. And I'm like, how was your day? Because that's when I can really get them to start talking about stuff. Yeah. And I think that's super important because. Being able to have open dialogue with your kids, especially going into the teenage years, is going to be so vital because, you know, they'll go to their peers Mm -hmm. and peer orientation compared to parent orientation Mm -hmm. is a completely different thing. Peer orientation involves drugs and sex and all the things that Meg talks about in the book, you know, Um, and there's a lot of consequences to all that, as we know. So but yeah, so that's that's why we do a lot of the outdoor stuff is just to kind of connect with them on a good level.
2: Yeah, the, uh, the thoughts you have and the emotional connections you make when you're moving are completely different than when you're sitting. Um, yeah. The uh, ancient Greeks used what they called the peripatetic method when they taught. So Socrates, Aristotle, Plato, none of them sat in a room with 20 students and talked. Um, they would walk around in the agora and communicate while they um while they moved around. And it completely changed the nature of I wish we did more of that in modern schooling.
0: Yeah. Uh, I absolutely. think the thought of,
2: you know, sticking kids for six hours, you know, in, in front of the teacher in a chair. Teacher, yeah, in chair yeah. With with no physical education yeah. is a recipe for disaster. Um, yeah. you know, get out there with Especially walk boys. Kids. Like
0: it's just Yeah. I mean, I couldn't yeah. sit still. I was like always tap my foot or and I don't have ADD or any of that kind of stuff. I'm just I'm a doer. I just need to yeah. be on the move, you know? So
2: I still can't, I struggle if, you know, put me for an uh, hour to I, go read something, you know, that's, and it's like, tough.
0: When, at like work, you know, on these conferences and stuff. I just, I'm like,
1: <laughs> yeah. And I wonder how many boys, uh, and this is one of the, the whole the time. Questions. I just can't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's one of the questions Meg poses is how many boys, um, have been di- misdiagnosed, you know, oh, yeah. uh, with, the, with attention and hyper disorders because they're, yeah. They're locked down, but we're going to
0: um, get, I, we're going to yeah. get like way off in the weeds here. But I I mean, yeah. the amount of kids who are probably on medication who should not be is probably astronomical. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. think 20 years from now, 30 years from now, we're going to look back on it and be like, wow, that was a really dark time in medical yeah. practice. You know, I mean, look at I'm trying to think of like in Britain back in the, I think fifties and stuff, they would just give pregnant mothers this one, you know, oh, it's like aspirin. Just take it all the time. And it was like, uh, what, uh, babies are born with like no appendages and stuff and Mm. it was a direct result of this pill and everything and it's like yeah yeah Yeah. Hmm. so i you know it just makes you wonder like how many people are you know and then you're suppressing their actual feelings and stuff and so then they never learn to associate like we were talking about identifying what it is that they're feeling and their need to to be doing right
1: right right and so uh, going back to the the topic here The next one would be creating um, creative coping strategies. Would be like uh, writing a poem, making up a song, teaching them to play an instrument, um, having them journal, or just express things to you verbally. Um, Like with my daughter, we play with play doh. With my son, I play with legos. Uh, You know, he just put together this last week. He has. I could probably go get it here in a minute, but it's a. It's a Lego robot, like a transformer type robot. It's 2,300 pieces and we got it put together in about, I don't know, three or four hours. And he did, I'd say 95% of the legwork. So, but like, it's just one of those things that just, it gives him, you know, something he can turn to and he knows that's a hobby that he can turn to when he needs to cope with something. Cause it's kind of one of those things that just kind of pulls him away from something that's making him upset. But
0: My wife texted me and said it's a thalidomide is what they were uh (laughs) <laughs> to people nice in in the uk and back in the back in the day but Tell yeah uh i'm gonna chip in one more time here the creative ones for me growing up uh my guitar was absolutely like a huge outlet for me um yeah. you know i would i get so into like playing my guitar and like tuning out the world that like if someone came and opened my bedroom door it like freaked me out you know i'd have like legit like <laughs> like jump scare panic attack feeling because i was like so in another realm um yeah, I mean, that's – like when my parents got divorced and everything, I mean, I, re- I retreated to playing my guitar and kind of working out feelings that way. Yeah. And I think that definitely yeah. helped me a lot because I, st- I was still able to do pretty well in school. Even You know, I'd, grades dipped a little bit when they first got split up and everything. But um, I think I would have gone crazy if I didn't have my guitar.
3: Yeah, and, and a lot of people don't realize when I say music as a coping mechanism. They think, oh, yeah, listen to something happy when you're sad. No, 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 no. I had I a therapist. Ever, yeah, I mean – yeah, well, no, I mean, I had a therapist who told me, listen to what you associate with the current thing you're feeling. Mm. So if I'm sad, I listen to sad music. If I'm angry, I listen to metal mm. or something just vicious. If I'm happy and like in a great mood, I'll listen to like house trance, you know, so, you know something uplifting, uh, mm. something like that. But you need to associate the sounds yeah. that you have with an outlet. And that's kind of what I did. Um, it kind of clicked that way. So like, when I was going through um, my divorce, uh, I was really big on NF, man. NF is, he's a Christian rapper. If, in case you don't know him, he's, he's a, actually a recent father on uh, last year or so. Um, incredible, incredible. He sings uh, that uh, song Prideful, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good he one. is, he, his music videos have, like little nuances and and genius things to them. Uh, And he carries one thing into the next music video and it's always a message. And uh, his music lyrically is untouchable. I don't care what anyone says. I think he's better than uh, Slim Shady, Eminem. So uh, he just, he, he has been through a lot in his life, lost his mom to um, drug overdose um, and just, just crappy crappy lifestyles and, and just, relationships that were not good for him. We're always around him. And so I can relate to a lot of the music. He says uh, there's one specifically I I challenge anybody who's struggling with emotions right now. Uh, This is a guy who gets it and he turns to God, which is a great outlet as well. Uh, And he talks, uh, there's a song called it's from a CD called mansions. And. Oh man. He talks about how he, he hides his fear in one room and is upset in another and how he wants to burn the whole place down. And it's, it's incredible but like when you listen to this and you understand that you're not alone this is my point dads you're not alone like if you're upset you're sad you need a mechanism music can be a great outlet so like we said the Mm -hmm. gym obviously but reaching out to someone hell reach out to us what's Um, the song called because i'll
0: just um, in the chat
3: so look up the cd mansions um i'm i'm drawing a blank right now i'm sorry uh i wanted to say that's the actual name of the song um Give me two seconds. I'm looking it up right no, it's now. Not,
0: it's not the end of the world.
3: Yeah.
1: No. Yeah.
3: No, nah, no big deal. Yeah. Mansion. Uh, yeah. And the song's name is mansion. Oh, Okay. That's it. all right. Yeah. It's off the album mansion, but it's, it's called uh, mansion. So, self-titled. It's, yeah, it's
0: here. I'll put it in the chat. It,
3: so it there, It's that song and a song called all I have. And whew, man, I'm telling you when you, when you listen to the sorrow, he actually cries in one of the songs like you, you truly understand the depths that people can go to. And, and, you know, that's, I guess the other thing about this podcast is if anyone needs someone to talk to us for always here for a dad that, you know, is, is having oh, yeah. issues. So, I,
0: uh, I, I, we can pin this to our, our discord. Yep, uh, absolutely. We've been building you, that and getting we we that prepared. Have, so. Set up a discord mm-hmm. that you can hop in and chat mm-hmm. with, um, so let me make a link to that. Also,
2: if you're happy, we'd love to have you in the Discord as well. That's that also good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If kind of good <laughs> I don't want to hear you
3: suck because I'll find out where you live. That's
1: right. All right, <laughs> good point. so so getting back off on the rails here uh the next set of strategies is social coping strategies um so one of the ways that i can socially cope would be like calling a friend uh facetiming with with you guys or you know buddies um facetiming with some of my family uh i read books um that's a that's a really good one um sharing my feelings with with someone i trust like <laughs> my wife I, I share a lot of a lot of emotions and feelings with her and that's something that has been something i've had to really work on because as a guy uh you know when you've always fixed everything yourself mm-hmm. I, when you feel those emotions you usually just want to self-isolate and then yeah. cope with whatever usually an addiction or something um to to get through it but you know you should really be learning to again ex- emotionally label and express yourself with awareness and do it with somebody that you trust and if and if you're not com- comfortable with your wife or she doesn't validate those emotions with you find somebody that does like a friend or a, a brother or a family member or somebody um and and so those social co- coping strategies are amazing there's there's right. a lot of avenues that you can do there well um, and
0: doing that one with your with your wife <clears throat> builds intimacy too um, absolutely and you know i think that's kind of what we talked about last week the tender warrior concept mm-hmm. is you know let let your armor down uh you know your 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 wife should be your most intimate relationship right so you you've mm-hmm. got to find the courage to just be honest hey i'm really struggling with this or this really scares me or whatever and you know you you can let your guard down with your wife <laughs> it's right. okay um so that you know i think uh that was something I learned the, you know, probably a little bit too late that, Mm. you know, I can just be honest with the fact that certain things are, I'm struggling with or whatever. And, you know, that, that can build a lot of trust in your relationship, but, um, you know, it it lets your wife connect to you on a level that women are innately more geared towards, which is, you Mm. know, emotional in nature. I I don't say that as an insult. That's a, you know, they're, they're more finely tuned to be aware of that. So you're, you're kind of, given them a chance to use their strength mm. to help you so now it's not yeah. everything I, I will say that with like a caveat is this is also why you need strong male friends in your life of varying ages and experiences because there's certain topics that you know like you need to just go have a man's input on also um but that's true don't don't hide you know don't like hide from your wife or whatever
3: yeah, no, but then it, there's a healthy way and a healthier people to reach out to sometimes right, yeah. in certain situations. So, mm-hmm. yeah, because yeah. sometimes mean, it's something you may not be able to take to your wife because, like we were talking about earlier, maybe she's on empty and she's not going right, to respond. Well, yeah, sure, well, sure. I'm know? just saying, like, I don't. don't
0: there's kind of a there's a dual purpose with the the social coping one of uh, with your wife with your spouse to, uh, yeah. um, you know, it it it's your coping mechanism but can also build intimacy in your relationship which if you have a strong marriage you're going to be better parents for your kid so it's kind of a it's a cycle that supports health as opposed to Mm -hmm. a detrimental cycle that's how you use that word yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) i love it got it i got you i got
2: you Yeah, George, I I really I think there's a few things that your wife should know that nobody else knows. You know, I think that's that's a central part of intimacy. Yeah. So, you know, if you don't have that, you know, go go find something you don't know or that she doesn't know that nobody else does. And, you know, go tell her. Go build that bond. Definitely.
0: Yeah. And so like and I think that's the other thing too is like we're really getting off on a tangent, but intimacy is so much more than sex, right? There's so much there's so much depth to your relationship that will exist outside of just the physical act of (laughs) sex Mm -hmm. that uh, that's a part of intimacy, but it's not the whole thing. And again, like I go back to the, uh, um, you know, building that strong kind of pillar of your marriage, your kids see that and they feed off that too. And that mm-hmm. helps them be more emotionally regulated and all that kind of stuff. You know, yeah. if you have a big, bad fight with your spouse, then your kids are obviously going to be like, oh, you know, what's going on? So. <laughs> yeah. We're all guilty of it, I'm, I'm sure. But you know. anyway, sorry, didn't mean to go off the rails there.
1: No, you're good. So Dustin, did you have anything Uh, or Justin, if you guys don't, I'll move on to the next point, but wanted to see. I I
3: think they hit the nail on the head.
1: Awesome. All right. So the next uh, coping strategies that can shift your mindset. um, And these are some of the things that was talked in the book was uh, grounding. So again, focusing your energy on the present moment. Um, And one of the things I've heard on a a lot of different um, therapy based Um, places like Healthy Gamer GG, those kind of places on YouTube is focus, even though you might have 15 to 20 different problems or your child might have 15 to 20 different problems, teach them to focus on three. Okay. Because anything past three, you're not going to have the energy Mm -hmm. to focus on and try to make them closest to the present moment as possible. So like say for example if you're anxious about global warming you're you're having issues with your wife and you know your your kid was super upset earlier and maybe a couple other issues like the the house needs to be cleaned and you need to get a workout in well climate although it may validly cause you anxiety is something long term you need to move that to the back burner so you got to learn to prioritize and you got to teach your kids to prioritize their problems, anchor themselves in the present moment and grab those three problems and start working on those first. And then once they get a little bit of success with one, they steamroll the next and it kind of builds up confidence. So, so grounding's a really one, important one. And then one thing that I've really loved was practicing reframing. So this concept of reframing is amazing because like my son will say something and, um, mm-hmm. I will reframe it in a way that's either more respectful or I'll reframe it in a way that teaches him a healthier way of looking at it um, in his mind so he'll say <laughs> my sister rejected me with this toy that I wanted to give her and I was trying to be sweet and she hates me and so I have to reframe it as well son she just might not be in the mood to play with that toy or you know she she might be um having. A, a different preference, but it's not something that's personally attacking you. So I'll reframe it and then I'll, I'll express how he should see it from a different perspective. And I think that, that reframing helps so much in, in grounding uh, emotional control. And I, I'm sure there's things that you guys have, have done as well. Like, like George just put up. Um,
0: yeah. I took this from your notes, but it, it kind of, yeah, like yeah. it's a good example. I think.
1: And like, like this example says, instead of I am stuck at home, try thinking I'm lucky that I am healthy and safe at home. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, again, you're reframing it and you're structuring it in a positive manner. You're focusing on the the positivity and you can really re- rewire your brain to think positively, yeah. um, even from high traumas and a lot of negativity. And I'm sure you guys could touch on some of this stuff from your pasts, but. But I know personally I've had to do that a lot with certain things like uh you know i've I would like to think of myself as an optimist now uh, and mm-hmm. I'm trying to do that for my son and my daughter as well so yeah
0: well it's that's really important too I think that's something that is huge for us as dads to really take this one to heart is because they're gonna watch how you you know talk about things mm. uh so you know, if if we are setting the tone of negativity, then your kids are going to feed off that, um, really heavily. And so you, you can have the positive effect of, of forcing the positive mindset and they'll start feeding off that too. So this is a really big one where your leadership role comes into play as a dad, um, leading with your, your mindset.
1: Absolutely. So speaking about coping mechanisms, um, One of the things that I just really think about when I listen to a lot of these books is when you learn and you, you grow yourself, you have a chance to stop and break the cycle of generational trauma and generational behaviors that are, that are unhealthy, um, and I wanted to ask you guys in your past, if y'all don't mind sharing, if it's not something overly personal, how have y'all broken the cycle in your own families uh, with generational trauma? Any takers?
2: Uh, That's a tough one. I mean, I've had such a perfect, <laughs> healthy life that I can think of it. It's just no drama at all. Um, yeah. I, I think, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Uh I, I mean I my father was not around. Um so it's a pretty simple one for me. Um hmm. I'm going to do everything I can to be around for my son. Um hmm. unless uh, I'm dead, I'm going to be there for him. You know that's yeah. that's the only thing that would stop me and even then yeah. I you know there's life insurance and I can financially take care of him. <laughs> so and, Hey and even then uh, we're here to help him too. No, I appreciate well, that absolutely. That's no. <laughs> smart man. He's a lot. <laughs> so that's that's a big one. Yeah. yeah. Is, uh, no matter what um I will be there for my son. And uh, that um, is something I'll instill in him as well. You know, when he has children uh, that's his number one goal. You got to be there for your kids. Um, Mm And I think that's a a cycle that, you know, I want to make sure I, I start, you know, from, from day one here. Beautiful. uh,
0: I'll go next. I guess for me, my wife and I are breaking the, uh, the whole divorce cycle. Um, We're both children of divorce. And statistically, if you're a child of divorce, you're more likely to divorce yourself. But Mm. We've been close, uh, mm. not going to lie. We we almost did, um, but we decided to work it out. So, uh, you know, that takes both people putting in the work to make that happen. So, mm. um, you know, divorce, I would argue, is probably one of the biggest generational traumas there can be. So, at mm. least for now, we're still still going strong. Uh, we're actually looking at planning for next year for our 10-year anniversary, making a big trip somewhere. So, nice. awesome. we're still, still keeping on. You know, keep on keeping on.
2: We'll be there, buddy. We can't wait to join you. All <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, give them rounds of applause. Uh, we're we're going funny.
0: to. We're going to uh, Amarillo, Texas. You guys right. can have a lot of fun out there.
2: Amarillo by morning. Definitely not going to Amarillo. <laughs> have you ever been there?
0: Side note: Have you ever been through there? Oh yeah, we've been. I, if I offend anyone in Amarillo, Texas, it is. <laughs> probably one of the most bleak places i've ever driven through. (laughs) it is nothing but mud it's cows and mud and nothing else it is i'm sorry buddy
3: that's not mud well (laughs) there's yeah no uh i don't think i really had any Uh, i'd say my father had generational stuff that he stopped uh Mm. my grandfather was a um alcoholic abusive horrible horrible things i mean he literally died in front of my dad at the dinner table when my dad was nine and my dad said it was a blessing wow that's how bad it was um and then you know his his father-in-law died when he was 13 and he loved his father-in-law he was a military man and um just a lot of crappy cards played to my dad, but he never made excuses. He just did great things. He was a hard worker, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I've never, never not had my dad love us and just be wrong. Oh, sorry, my kiddo's going nuts.
1: Duty calls. Never yeah, <laughs> man. I think I think I can continue on there for for him, but yeah, yeah. With, my dad had um, had a lot of things that he could have used as excuses uh and carried on a lot of things mm-hmm. and he didn't um for me personally i think there's a lot of things that i feel might have been generational um that i fixed uh just one of them is being able to have a sit down conversation even when your emotions can feel high like a lot of a lot of my family just kind of sweeps things under the rug but i'm the kind of person that wants to address it mm-hmm. uh even if it is later when people are cool but me i've learned the emotional regulation to sit down even when i'm angry and talk through stuff and have hard conversations because i feel like hard conversations are like one of the backbones to healthy relationships Mm -hmm. and so i think that's one of the things i'm trying to break as a, a familial cycle um but regardless of whatever you're trying to break generationally i think um for me personally one of the most beautiful things is that whatever you're doing and you're working towards with your children, it's an emotional legacy for them. Mm-hmm. So you're leaving a legacy for your children and, and you always have to ask yourself, what kind of legacy am I leaving? So if you haven't started on trying to break these things, go through these steps that we've talked about earlier in the, the podcast and, and work your way up to that. And then, yeah. you know, change your, change the course of history for the rest of your, your bloodline and, and, Man, I'm telling you, the rest of your bloodline will be blessed for it, um, because one good man can change generations, and I strongly believe that. And so, dads, just be encouraged, be the hero, and um, yeah, I feel like that's that's such an important thing.
0: Yeah, and I think you even put it in your notes, just like you know, start small, and it's okay, just like a little bit at a time. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's it's a marathon, um, right? And you're not gonna, you know. You're going to magically be a better person overnight <laughs> it's a process right so yeah absolutely uh, i mean every, every every positive step you're taking is is making a difference in the long run so yeah. you may not feel like it in the moment but
1: so one of the things i wanted to touch on next since we've kind of gotten through most of the the main points was um question number three was uh dads what are your hopes for me and, uh, let's mute him. There we go. <laughs> All right. Um, and, and her question Meg's question, dads, what are your hopes for me? Is, um, it's a great question. And I thought about that a lot because like one of the things she was talking about was one of the best ways for, to help your child is to help them be hopeful and is to talk to them about their future, uh, especially with like teenage kids. Cause So many kids think that their life is like zero to twenty five, and they really don't have a tendency to look past twenty five. And so they try to pack in as much as they can in those teenage years, like alcohol and sex and all these bad things. But it's like if you make them hopeful for a good future and you, you have them plan out their own future, I mean, you can kind of guide them, but let them plan it on their own. I feel like if they have that hope and that plan, that kind of makes them have a bigger picture. Like I don't want to have premarital sex because it could ruin my chances of doing this for myself or this, or, you know, that kind of thing. And so um, I I think that's a beautiful point that she asked was, you know, what are your hopes for me? Because your kids want you to be hopeful for them and have confidence in them and be, and be proud for the possibilities that they might have uh, moving forward. And I, I thought that was,
2: that was beautiful for me. So.
1: But also yeah. being em-
2: empathetic there, right? I mean, there's uh, the mm-hmm. classic, you know, no son of mine will be a, a painter. You know, you're going to go be a right. doctor. And the kid's like, but I love art, Dad. You know, right. So you right. don't want that either. But, but I then you break he, you
3: know, his paintbrush and he's
2: like, ah! <laughs> generational trauma. trauma. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, no. But yeah, no, I think uh, in a broad sense, having hopes uh, and goals, you know, I want you to be happy. I want yeah. you to be independent. I want you to be successful. You know, those are um, absolutely key elements that you, mm. you do want to instill in your children. Definitely. I
3: think I think uh, promoting someone's uniqueness is definitely one of the key factors in that as well. Like everybody's unique in their own way and Mm -hmm. and nurturing the good things and getting rid of the bad is definitely, definitely a positive.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things she said is one of the best things a father can do is dream with his kids. Fathers shouldn't set specific expectations. Rather, they should help the child craft the specifics of his or her future then he can let his child know that his job as a father is to link arms with him and help them get there. Hmm. And so I thought that was such a beautiful thing. Um, Just, just an encouraging thing. And and like, I can actually visualize that in my head, like with my kid, each of my kids. And like, I'll kind of picture my daughter, you know, growing up doing like gymnastics or ballerina or soccer. And then, you know, like my son getting into, you know, basketball and, Uh, soccer and all these other different things and chess and you know just just random things like what's he gonna do and what's he gonna Mm -hmm. get good at and like that's exciting as a dad and i feel like that encourages us to be more um positively reinforcing our children and and building that hope and just kind of reminding us daily for it so yeah but yeah
3: yeah i mean uh something i just want to touch on obviously you guys heard the baby crying you can see the monitor uh where my wife is currently being a rock star and taking care of little man. So <laughs> one of the things I want to touch on earlier, we we're talking about coping mechanisms you can teach kids. Well, actually infants can learn them as well. Um, sounds mm-hmm. and touch and things like that. So one of the things that we did was we uh, got one of the shushers. There's like a little shusher that you put in their crib when they're a baby. Mm-hmm. And it teaches them that when the shushing is going on, everything's okay. And so when he wakes up from a nightmare, he's going nuts. We'll just shh, 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 and it's it works like a charm, man. And then like this time, he he lost it because he's he's <laughs> hey, um uh, uh, he lost it because he's learning to sleep on his stomach right now, and he's been doing wonderfully at it. But now that he's sick and he's draining, he's kind of not enjoying it so much. So um, yeah, wife's being a rock star, putting him on his side and and trying to help you know, get him where it needs to be, but it's one day at a time, man. It's not easy. Oh, no. And that's brutal, man. Yeah. I was yeah. going to say like the the best, the best uh, advice I could give to new fathers is it gets better every week, <laughs> especially those first four to six weeks. They are not easy. <laughs> yep.
0: Yeah.
3: So, Absolutely. but yeah, we, uh, we've been doing good with them and, and trying to teach them certain things. And, and she's, she's, had him on an amazing schedule and he's rocking it out so
1: awesome well i wanted to go through a couple quotes um from meg and just kind of open the floor up to just any kind of discussion based on these we can go on tangents and do anything Um, and i think one of my favorite ones was there's two of them specifically Uh, The first one was um, talking about humility, and she said humility, however, prevents bullying and being bullied. Uh, When your son or daughter recognizes that all humans have equal value and never esteems himself or herself above another, they, they don't worry about asserting superiority or taking seriously a bully's taunts. So what do you guys think about that? I, I love that person. Well,
2: I, I just want to say if you're a Green Bay Packer fan, you're not as valuable as other human beings. So you don't have to take that into you know but otherwise everyone else is equal and good. So that's, Well, that's, at least at a-
0: least my team has won a Super Bowl in this century. So. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. So you know it's you know you might want to maybe do some self-reflection you know before lashing out i think we talked about that earlier on in the podcast right so fair, okay fair, fair. <laughs>
1: yeah 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 but she also says that he or she knows that our worth is not in what we do what we have or what we are capable of being but in the fact that we are human and i, I love that because god created us all equal and you know, I think that's a beautiful thing to remind both ourselves as fathers, but our children to instill in them yeah. is that the, no matter what their position in life, both uh, socioeconomically or or just any aspect of their life, they need to understand that every other human being was made in God's image and that they are equal and and they're, they should they deserve equal love and humility is a huge thing you know uh i think it's such an important thing to to teach our children to to prevent bullying in the, the school systems and stuff so yeah
0: no, I, I, that's an awesome quote um i think there's more Me. there's a little more to it i think on like why kids bully others uh well sure right but but yes I, you know if you're humble and you know treat other people as equals uh so Y'all gonna... well,
3: yeah, won't like my, uh, my
1: solution to pulling. Well, I mean, I, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to keep it to right. myself. Well,
0: hum- I, I will also add this, that like being humble doesn't mean that you're weak. Um, no, yeah. and in many cases being humble takes greater strength than, um, just lashing out. Uh, sure. yeah. I, but at, at a certain point too, right. There is a line that you can draw and if they cross that line, like sure make them pay <laughs> i mean know? righteous yeah. anger Righteous yeah. well, you anger have the, is the right thing. to protect yourself right i mean it, there's yeah. a difference between bullying or and, your and friends yeah. and my son's gonna
3: know that he's gonna know anyone's mess with you yeah. or your kid your other you know well, and again and right we talked last it's, week it's past words then you have my utmost permission to take them take them out well i mean even but out.
0: standing up for those who can't stand up for themselves too i think that that's right. um you know something we kind of talked about last week especially as if you're raising boys uh to be men right protection mm-hmm protecting mm-hmm. is one of the 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 pillars uh and so you know standing up for those who can't uh in that case right that that also stops bullying uh you Absolutely. know so the fastest way for a bully to to stop is when someone finally stands up to them That's, yeah um,
1: but yeah yeah i feel like humility in a healthy environment is just one of those things that waters the plant that grows for the children in their minds. You know? Um, I mean, I understand that that kids who are abused or, or have si- trauma situations will usually take that out on other children physically, but, but yeah, humility is such an important part of the, I guess the empath and the, the other parts, um, that we've discussed earlier. And so, yeah, I thought that was a beautiful quote. Um, moving so, on to our Brandon, my next, how do you, yeah, real real sure.
2: Quick, sure. How do you plan to teach your children to be humble?
1: Oh, that's a great one. Um one of the things I do is I make them realize uh in anything that they do that they have to work hard and that they're not going to be the best regardless. I mean, they can be great at it and they can be one of the best, but there's always going to be somebody better. Um like look at Kobe, man. Kobe Kobe was a great example of that. That man, you know, he would get beat in something and he'd go and work four times as hard as that person, you know, like there's stories of him talking about how he was in the gym from 4am to the afternoon and Mm -hmm. the guy would keep showing up and he's like, what are you doing here? And he's like, I'm getting better than y'all, you know, (laughs) I'm putting in more hours, you know? And so that's, that's humility. And, and so with Ben, like if he gets cocky with something, I'll say, well, let's, let's ground that a little bit, you know? And so like, I'll go through a situation where it's like, it's good to be confident, but Let's not do it at the expense of somebody else, or let's not do it at the expense of being ignorant. So like, I'll, I'll just kind of, again, I'll guide or try to show him where he can be humble, um, in a certain situation. And obviously it is situational. So, but like, um, I'll tell you, humility is, uh, something he learned on that skateboard. I told him you're, you're good at standing on it, but that curb told him otherwise. (laughs) You know, I mean, life will present a lot of humility to you. So, yeah. You know. Yeah, it will. But, I mean, it's, yeah. it, it's, um,
3: so that's, that's funny. Like, humility, it's such a fine line between, you know, being humble and being confident. It's a hard line, uh, to uh, be, especially if you're competitive. I, well, like, I think, some but people... so
0: confidence, I think, though, is internal, right? Like, mm-hmm. actual confidence. <clears throat> like, Trash talking and all that kind of stuff is oh well that's different. A lot I'm, of times I'm, that's projection, right? So it's yeah, actually the absence yeah. of confidence in a lot of places. But I I think you can be overly humble and extremely confident at the exact same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, like so in Taekwondo we had to, uh three rules we had to recite every time was uh, respect your parents, believe in yourself, and then you know be humble in victory and honorable in defeat uh, at tournaments and yeah. stuff. You know and um. I was it wasn't never, strike
2: fast, strike hard, and no, <laughs> strike first. But I, I mean I like I was
0: I mean, I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I was I was pretty good. I was pretty good. Um I won most of the tournaments I went into. I, I never walked in the ring, was like scared of my opponent or that kind of stuff. Mm. You know, I I to me I just didn't even like care who they were. I was just like, I'm gonna do my thing and I'm gonna fight my hardest and I'm gonna mm-hmm. try and win. Um but I was always, even if I won, I was never like, oh, I'm so good, you know, blah, blah. I mean, one, my master probably would have taking a bamboo staff and hit me on the foot. <laughs> I wouldn't have done that, but, right. um, yeah, I mean, so I think like I was supremely confident. I wasn't arrogant, but I was, I, I walked into the ring expecting or doing everything I could to mentally prepare to win every single match. Mm. Um, and I was there was no fear or anything or doubt in my mind. Um, like that, that guy was going to have to actually beat me to, to win. Um, mm. yeah, but I was well. never cocky or any of that kind of stuff. And afterwards, you know, you, it's it's a martial art, right? So you bow and you shake yeah. hands and all that kind of stuff. So there's a lot of respect still. There's no uh arrogance in that equation. But I think sorry, didn't mean to cut you is, off.
3: No, I think that's the key is is having respect. But at the same time, if I smack a grand slam and you're a pitcher that I don't like, I'm bat flipping. I don't care. <laughs> you're gonna know that I hit that home run and I'm gonna trot around those bases <laughs> in a in a not so nice way because you know it's competition's not a problem to have it's when you're in well i'm not going to cuss but when you're not being nice about it that makes you mm-hmm. not humble um <laughs> guilty as charged i i was that guy. proud mm-hmm. yeah
2: i think i think entitlement I'd, is one of the biggest factors too i think when mm-hmm. you feel like you deserve things and you feel yeah. entitled to certain things that is kind of the enemy of humility yeah um, mm-hmm. and i think i i certainly i know i struggle with this you know oh i deserve this or I deserve that. And I have to get that out of my head and say, I, I don't deserve anything, you know, at work or, at, you know, it, it's, uh, yeah. you know, I deserve a basic respect and all that. But as far as um, if I want to get something and and I need it, um, I have to go get it myself. It's not because I deserve it or, you know, just because I'm breathing doesn't mean I should get free money and, yeah. you know, um, free stuff. Right. I mean, you have to go get it. Um, and that that's a real struggle that I think a lot of people, including myself, have with being humble is I deserve all these things. Why should I be humble? I, you know, I deserve it all. It's tough.
3: Yeah. And and mastering your craft and putting in countless hours like Kobe. It's, it's, you kind of, you kind of get the opportunity to, to be humble, but then there's times where you can kind of have a little fun with it. Cause I mean, if you work that hard, why not be able to, you know, show those skill sets and be happy about it. That's my only thing. But I mean, I guess that's referencing sports. Everything else in life. It's not the same. Sports is competitive. So let's just, yeah. Put that there, but
0: my uh, my beautiful wife has reminded me of of my biggest slice of humble pie was uh failing Ranger School, so uh, mm. I'll 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 exercise some humility right here, and yeah, I I failed the land nav twice, so insert meme about lieutenants and land nav, um, but yeah, I mean, I was like, I never even considered failing, right? I was like, I'm gonna go, I'm never gonna quit, and I'm gonna get through, and like, you fail the land nav, it's they don't hold you on, you're done, <laughs> like it's like okay, bye, um and yeah that was like a massive gut check moment for me of like okay am i gonna let this destroy me or am i gonna own it and realize that i need to work really hard and yeah i mean it was the entitlement thing dustin right like you know i just i've worked really hard i'm gonna be able to do this And then well, no crap happens you know (laughs) yeah there's always someone better yeah Yeah, but uh i i learned pretty quickly to just like not hide and try and like uh, you know because it is it's a little embarrassing right like in the army it's uh know i have a lot of friends who are rangers right and uh i didn't get aware i don't have the tab on my shoulder so like you literally wear it on your uniform on your arm ranger you know and so anyone who's been through ranger school gets to wear it it's a mark of pride and shows that you're tougher than the rest type of thing and uh so i didn't have it so yeah i mean as a man you feel a little bit emasculated by that and uh i learned really quickly not to like hide from it and just be like yeah i failed and I learned a lot from it. And uh, I think I'm a better man now because of it. And I actually, you know, a lot of friends who were rangers are like, no, that that's, I actually really like that answer. That's really good, man. You know, so. Yeah. yeah. That's one, that's one personal example. So I'm not perfect. I, I suck. <laughs> 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 but. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So thanks. Thanks Whitney for reminding me
3: of that. (laughs) Yeah, I like it. She's holding me accountable. I'm sure Ains is going to do something for me, but, um, to go back to what Brandon said with Kobe, um, there was a, an interview with one of his teammates, uh, right after they lost the championship that year, he got there and, and he asked Kobe, he's like, well, what are you doing here? And he's like, oh yeah, I'm just finishing my workout. And he's like, just finishing. And then he realized when he gave this speech, um, after Kobe had passed away, he said, you know, I've, I've never seen anyone like that. He's like, here I am thinking I'm, I'm up before everybody. No one's going to be better than me. No one's going to out practice me. And then Kobe's finishing his workout. Like it's nothing. And he's going for the fourth time. Like he's going to do three more, you know, later that day and and he's not going to stop. So, um, yeah, anyways, it's, um, just one of those things. Humility, humi- humility, comes when you least expect it. And uh, that can be in the form of many, many things. And it's de- it's definitely good to be humble. And I guess to answer the question that Brandon asked, how are we going to teach our kids to be humble? It's just to understand that there's always someone bigger and better. There's always going to be uh, opportunities uh, to shine. But if you shine too hard in the face of others, they're not going to like you. And you're not going to get the recognition you deserve because you weren't humble. And you may even look like an idiot because sometimes you may do pretty well, but you didn't do as well as you were saying you were. And you're going to talk right. too much. Mm-hmm. And then you didn't talk the talk. You know what I mean? And it's it's going to be embarrassing. And, and it's like you said, you know, sometimes, you know, you think you deserve it, which is a hard pill to swallow as well. You know, you work hard for something. You're like, I, I deserve this. But yeah. Uh, I'll pass it to Brandon. I think he's got an example.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, um, uh, Dustin had asked me if there's examples in my life. And for for my son or my daughter, um, like there was an instance this past week where I gave one of my laptops that I'm not using um, to a family friend who was in need. And my son said, Dad, that's our laptop and I should play on it you know, with games and stuff. Why, why are you giving it away? And I said, well, son, God has blessed me with plenty and he needed something and I'm, I'm helping him because he deserves just as much as I do. And so that kind of really got, you could tell he was really thinking about the process of why, okay, okay. I don't need to be selfish. here; I need to be selfless. And, you know, Meg talks about in the book, how Um, one of the dads is a doctor and goes to a third world country and takes his kids with him so that they see um, that human beings deserve uh, all human beings deserve treatment and care and love and respect and like they watch their dad just shine and be a hero because the guy didn't have to go to a country he could have just stayed at home making six figures being a doctor but instead he spent his time in a third world country getting eat up by mosquitoes and helping people, you know, uh, not hurt anymore. And so that's, that's another great example that humility can be taught is through our actions of, of, of self-sacrifice and serving. So I think that's, that's one of the main things that I do to teach my children humility. Awesome. Um, so the second uh, quote that I really loved um, talks about um, base. I'll just read it. So it's every one of our sons, leaves home at some point they become men who can return to help us mothers in ways that no other human can they can teach us how to live our lives better if we hold on long enough and love them always they come back to us and so that that's kind of like a multifaceted thing for me like what i took from that was how you model yourself to your wife teaches your son how to be to his wife and Uh, you know, how you ingrain these emotional regulations and these these legacies as emotional legacies in your children. Also, they carry that forth with them uh, when they leave home. And so they become men. And it's like, what kind of man are they becoming? And what kind of man do you want them to become? And so, you know, all those factors of your modeling and what you teach them and how you ingrain it in them, all those things, are what they become. And so it's like, it's really important and vital for us to, to do the right thing and to do things with importance and impudence. So um, I love that quote personally. I I was thinking about that for uh, introspectively for a couple of days, um, just because I wanted to try to figure out how I wanted my son to act, you know? Um, And then when he comes back, you know, like when my, my wife and I are old age and my son wants to help take care of my wife, you know, that's a beautiful thing. That cycle kind of returns. And so, yeah, that's, that's probably one of my
2: favorite quotes from her for sure. So. That's awesome. Yeah. I think that's one of the uh, biggest challenges as a father now versus, you know, a hundred years ago is uh, there's a good chance your kids are not going to live anywhere near you. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, 90, 95% of the face time you're going to get with your kids might be, you know, b- before they're 18. And uh, you know, that time is super, super precious as they're adults and, um, yeah. you know, managing the excitement that they're going to live in a different city and, and be successful and all that with the disappointment of knowing, you know, you're probably not going to be able to spend that time with your kids that you might have hoped you'd be able to. I know I talked to my grandfather, uh, uh, got to see him a couple of weeks ago, and that's always his, uh, his biggest hope is, you know, he wants to spend as much time with his kids as he can. And uh, he never gets to because they all, you know, went to France and Florida and all over the place. So it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a challenge yeah. for sure.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I live nowhere near my family. They're all on the West coast. So yeah, the time
1: is precious. Yeah. All right. So, uh, I had one last quote and then we'll just kind of have some open dialogue here and wrap things up. Um, the last quote was when you teach and he's talking about strong father, strong daughter. So we're talking about a, a daughter in this case. So when you teach her always to think about other people to put herself in their shoes to know that everyone, her friends, neighbors, a sister, brother, is important, you'll give her the gift of friendship and living to the fullest as a caring social being. If you teach your daughter to be good, rather than simply happy, she will become both. Teaching your daughter humility is a wonderful gift, and it can be taught only by example. And so again, that just drives home all that we've discussed about you know modeling and humility, but man teaching her the gift of friendship that's such a beautiful concept to me and then you know the the whole thing about t- teaching her to be good rather than simply trying to be happy i mean think about how many people are out there for themselves these days selfishness and and just trying to make themselves happy over the the, the happiness of others so yeah it's just super beautiful and I, i'm sure you guys can comment to that too but
3: yeah, yeah i think i think you know you hit the nail on the head there i actually brought up a good point um selfishness is something that leads to somebody not being humble because they're not thinking about other people um even if they're perf- outperforming that person um i think being humble is showing you know your you know wor- working with actions instead of words uh actions speak a lot louder than words do and you know you can you don't have to trash talk to to show somebody that you know you're very exceptional at something so um you know i joke about you know bat flips and all that stuff but being competitive is not a bad thing, but then again, you know, being a dick on the field to somebody else just because you can is not acceptable and it's a bad look for you. It's a bad look on your family. And, and if you're that way, your kid's going to be seen that way. And if they're seen that way, like we said, there's generational issues and
1: you're just creating one. So. And they'll suffer. They'll suffer because they're, the kids won't want to hang with them, you know? And that's, that's something I tell Ben. It's like when he's a poor sport, I'm like, son, it's better to be a good person, even in the face of loss, than to be somebody who complains or is a bad sport because you will be relationally broken and you won't, you won't have a lot of friends that want to play with you and, and moving forward. So that, that gift of friendship, again, it's, it's the beautiful thing. I got a very uh, important you know,
0: way, to, way to show how to, to be the gift of friendship. <laughs> <laughs> i love it i had to be had just a little of nice. sarcasm no that, that yeah. quote is so good uh because i think especially kids right they're 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 figuring out this crazy world of interacting with others and you know my property versus theirs you know boundaries and all these kinds of things so them understanding how important friendship is and treating people with dignity and respect early on is gonna just completely it'll it'll take their life and either one of two directions one where they're gonna have friends and get along with people and learn how to work with people and the other is going to be their, you know difficult and lonely and uh you know people are gonna butt heads with them and stuff so yeah that's that's a really good quote
3: yeah because those are the same people who end up in in leadership unfortunately
0: sometimes treat other people
3: like crap especially in like corporate positions And they step on people to get there and then they're miserable and lonely. They got all the money in the world, but they're the most miserable people in the world because yeah, you may have found success trampling on other people, but you didn't lift anyone up along the way. And because of that, sure you're lonely, like you said. So if you do it the right way, you're humble, you're kind to others, you show people respect, you can still make it to the top of the mountain, but you'll have people there with you. So,
0: Yep. And I mean, yeah, it's so much more than just, uh, I mean, you brought up the point of like work, right? Like my my um my leader for my business unit in in our company, he is an awesome guy. He treats everyone with respect. He doesn't raise, you know, he doesn't yell or scream or that kind of stuff. And we had a like a team building kind of workshop thing that we were at uh, two weeks ago, and he he made he made that very clear that um uh you know, hey, like I. I treat everyone with respect and I think that that's immensely important that everyone here on this team also do that to everyone. And, uh, I mean, yeah, we have, we have a pretty good team and everyone works pretty hard and and takes care of each other. And I think it's a, it's a direct impact of his leadership demonstrating that to everyone. Right. Um, he creates that environment, so it has ripple effects, right? I mean, he obviously learned that probably from his parents and was raised that way and things like that. And, uh, anyway, so Yeah.
1: All right, well, George, I think uh, we're at a great uh, point where we can kind of tie up the podcast here. Um, maybe you can give us uh, some insight on what we're going to be doing here in the future. And I think, Justin, you are our next podcast person. So, what are we? What are we going to be talking about? Tell us a little preview.
0: Is that a new? Is that a new pronoun? Podcast person.
1: Yeah. They, them. Podcast and, person. Well, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. He's going to be our next person. To He'll pick
0: be the by. next man leading our father's podcast. Because Correct. we're men here.
3: Yeah. So I want to take two things. Um, I really want to move towards uh, one book more so than the other. Emotional two, Intelligence 2.0 is a great book. Um, and I, I'm thinking of it professionally since we've already covered emotional intelligence in this. Uh, but I would actually like to cover Why by Simon Sinek. Uh, because a lot of people don't, you know. Start I with guess Why? The, is that the book? Yeah. Yeah. Start with Why. Yeah. Um, It's, it's about knowing why we do things and why companies do things. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's a very, very good professional book. And it's, it's great to read as a father because you can implement it in any aspect of your life, which is awesome. Uh, but yeah, it's Simon's an incredible, incredible guy. He's super, super smart. Um, but I think that the, the reason I, I wanted this was just simply because we haven't talked about, uh, why we do things as fathers and i think that would really open up the floor to um you know what what motivates us what drives us because at the end of the day motivation is bs man it it comes and goes but uh you know something that drives you like your child is that's what gets you up that's what you know wakes you up in the middle of the night yeah. and, and makes you you not sleep um, well, when, when but, motivation
0: is lacking that's where discipline comes in
3: yeah so I, I think this is a, a great, a great, great book. Um, I'd really like you guys to read it too, just because I've, okay. I've learned a lot from it, but uh, I think it'd be helpful fathers out there.
0: So. All right. So we will, we will cover Start With Why by Simon Sinek. Uh, I have actually seen that book before. I haven't read it, but...
1: I've read it. It's really good. Yeah. yeah
0: I, I think... Awesome. I, yeah, I mean, I know he wrote it for like business, right? For team building mm-hmm. and things like that. But I think the uh, understanding your purpose... Uh, i think is also immensely important as a father as a husband um mm-hmm. you know if <laughs> if you don't think about why you're raising your kids then uh yeah. you know you're going to be kind of just like a ship on the ocean want you know where well, I mean, the wind I, blows type of thing you got to have a i was
3: yeah i was thinking more along the lines of if you don't know your why's in life mm-hmm. you can't fully give to your kids and your family right. um yeah. so yeah
0: yeah no, i but- mean it's probably there's probably a lot of things we could apply to, uh, um, yeah, we got, we got another comment here actually real quick. Hey, uh, FXKTPT, I don't man, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for dropping in. Uh, great stuff. Looking forward to future podcasts. Heard of you from FNT. Well, Hale, uh, thanks for, for dropping in from the FNT, uh, uh, fellowship as they call it. I, I accidentally said the word community and started a whole, uh, Whole spat over there un- unintentionally, but they refer to themselves as the fellowship, which I like, um, and I think fellowship actually uh, it implies a lot more connection with mm-hmm. with the people you're with than you know, anyway. So thanks for dropping in, good to see you. Thank you for for the comment, and uh, yeah, uh, we'll we'll keep building the podcast. So uh, I guess that kind of segues into what Brandon was asking me to do is kind of talk about what we're doing to improve the podcast. So. Uh, we have set up our live streaming platform. Uh, we are gonna try and do all these live if possible. Um, you know if things are getting really too hectic in our work life or something like that, we'll, we'll just record and upload it later. Um, but our intent is to be live so that we can interact with the audience, uh, especially when we have guests on, I think that'd be really cool um, in the future. We're gonna We're gonna try and line up some guests for different topics. Hopefully, um, we get enough of a following that you know if we're talking about a book like this, we can potentially have that author. Uh, even speak to their book uh and, and maybe talk about some of the things they wrote <laughs> yeah especially from the fathers yeah, yeah so that'd be you know that that's maybe a, a lofty vision but you know if we get to that point that's absolutely what we'll do but um yeah we'll uh you know kind of just keep refining our process every time we're getting a little bit better every time we do this i think we're getting a little bit more comfortable with it and uh you know again our our heart is in just making a podcast that is um, presenting valuable ideas and and uh, support to dads out there to uh, to just be better just even if it's just a little bit better um, and you know you know one thing I've appreciated about this just what we have to do to to get ready for each podcast mm-hmm. like we're definitely learning things I've I've learned a lot already um, you know and it challenges me to to think about where I'm lacking and where I need to apply better uh, you know effort to to improve so That's kind of what's on the horizon. Um, So to recap, we'll do uh, Start With Why by Simon Sinek. I think there's a lot we can draw from that that we can apply to being a dad and being a husband. Um, But before we go, I just kind of wanted to go around again and you guys talk about, you know, what's what's coming up in your lives the next couple weeks. Um, You know, what are you excited about? Um, You know, what what can we maybe uh, keep you in prayers about for, for any challenges or things like that, you know, or where you need support or help? just anything like that. So, uh, Brandon, why don't you go ahead?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so my son's, uh, birthday is eighth birthday is coming up. Uh, we're celebrating it next Saturday. Uh, super excited about that. We're kind of getting everything organized and getting as many of the the kids that he, he loves at school and church and everywhere, you know, to, to show up and that kind of thing. And, uh, so we're, we're excited. Um, only thing that I've had, that's really tough. My, my, my work is absolutely a blessing. My new job, love it to death. Um, but I am having gut issues and it's most likely long COVID uh, related. Um, so I've been having a lot of blood work done and a lot of tests and, um, you know, ultrasounds and different things like that, just kind of trying to figure out and hone down what's the cause. And so, yeah, we'd love to to figure out exactly. So that way we just have a plan of attack. But other than that, man, I'm, I'm blessed and I'm, I'm good. So but that's but that's my main thing got gotcha.
2: you awesome yeah sounds good um we have a trip to germany coming up we're going oh. to the oktoberfest <laughs> oh very nice. very nice i'm really excited i've been all over northern germany but i've never been to bavaria southern germany so we're uh we're actually going to be there during the oktoberfest and i think it's going to be absolutely insane oh. and awesome so i'm super hyped about that that'll be super cool um and uh Man, it's it's been a great uh, great month. Um, just watching my my son thrive. Um, you know, having a great time with my wife. A lot of fun. We've had some date nights. Um, work hasn't been too bad. Uh, all in all, you know, um, really have no reason to complain. And uh, have such an exciting uh, thing. I've got ten days in Germany to go explore to look forward to. So I am over the moon and uh, ready to uh, to enjoy A yeah. <laughs> Little German. Sehr awesome. schön.
1: Yeah. Very yeah. Nice. yeah. Uh-huh. Very nice. Yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> some hyperbaisen. Um, yeah. So, uh, definitely just uh, ask for prayers for safe travels because uh, I'm going to Chicago and then uh, I'm going to a few other places later this year. But, um, my son getting healthy again, I hate Absolutely. seeing him sick, it's breaking my heart, but uh, he's a little trooper, so yeah, um, I have faith in that, but uh. Yeah, coming up, um, mom's birthday, we're going up to see the family. So I'll be around Brandon to do hopefully a podcast with him. I didn't know. That's awesome. Yeah, oh, Labor we Day. definitely do um, it when you
0: guys are like co-located. That'd be pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, so Labor yeah, Day I mean,
3: weekend, we're going up there. Um, okay. My wife and I, and, and it, it's weird because uh, my twin and I have always been pretty close our whole lives and all our family are, but uh, he's the only person in my family who has not met my son. So that's my grandparents, yeah. which is life
1: has just been hectic. Man. Weird.
3: <laughs> so, um, yeah, am I'm, I'm ready for him to, to steal Brandon's heart and just throw it around and, and make Brandon a, a mushy ball a mess. And then, um, let's see. Um, other than that, uh, that's, that's pretty much it, man. I'm just focusing on, on building my clientele, uh, with my new job and, uh, just trying to hit quotas well, crush quotas, not hit them. Um, yeah and just enjoying this man this is this is like the highlight of my every few weeks because it's therapeutic man and I, mm-hmm. I want people to understand like first we need a name for our followers like the patriarch or something cool <laughs> and then two uh we want everybody to start interacting so i'm really glad we went live um and call it the fathership yeah like the fellowship but the fathership yeah or instead of the mothership the fathership there you go um no, I, I think it would be really cool to to kind of, like you said, hone this to where, you know, one, we don't try to get on tangents. We just have stuff that we say that we want others to relate to, but maybe start putting up some, some you know, help sites every time we come on or, you know, link the books so that we want everyone to follow along with us is the point. We want you to read the same books, have the same growths, and we grow as a, as a group or a, mm-hmm. a fathership. Yeah. I can't say community um, and, and grow together so that we know that other fathers are growing with us as well as our children. So I think that would be pretty cool.
0: Yeah. I, I like it, man. Well, we'll uh, keep you in our prayers for travel safety. And uh, hopefully your flights aren't getting delayed. I ran into that this last week. It was mm-hmm. a joy. Uh, and then yeah, for the, for the little guy that he'll get over it. But yeah, I, that that is definitely one of the hardest things about being like a new dad is when your kid gets sick and you're just like, God, oh, there's nothing I can do for him. And then, especially so, if it's just like sinus stuff, like it's a baby. They
1: can't, there's nothing
0: to do can't for do it. Anything. It's like, it's yeah, no yeah. just run. It's course. And they're just, like, <laughs> you know, and you're like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah.
1: So uh, somebody else is going to Vegas.
0: Yeah, I am, uh, me and all my nerd buddies, uh, shout out to security, the guild. Uh, I think some of them might actually be watching right now, but, uh, yeah. Love you guys. We're a bunch of bunch of nerds. That's uh, we waste a lot of time playing stupid video games, but uh, it's a lot of fun. They're they're a fun group of guys, and we uh, we're going there for a couple days, uh, so that'll be really good to kind of see everyone. A lot of these guys I haven't met in person before, so it'll be pretty cool to to get to you know we've we've been playing for years online, and uh, <laughs> you get to put faces you know to to names. That's how we so met. That that is how. I know, well, I guess by extension, everyone on this call, I know because of gaming, because uh, Justin, we you know kind of connected and became friends, and then we finally met up. I think, I think I had just started Active Duty, right? And I came down and just visited yeah, you, you guys did. for a weekend yeah. or something. And then Dustin, yeah, yeah, yeah. of course, I know you through Justin. So uh, yeah, there you go. See, so gaming's not all bad, parents. But, no, um, good friendships. In moderation, <laughs> got to keep it in moderation. You know? In
3: moderation, that's why I don't uh, play WoW anymore. I'd like to oh, stay Oh, Lewis married. is
0: watching. <laughs> Lewis, appreciate you, man good to elbow see you elbow bump yeah <laughs> i don't know what that's about but uh <laughs> lewis is one of my fellow gamers who's also a dad so uh shout out to to lewis awesome uh, here nice. we'll, highlight. we'll uh we'll show that real quick elbow bump elbow yeah bump. and just uh, for the
1: record this guy is also in that guild and this is all shift for folks yep. that people don't know so.
0: yep so Good times, good times. Yeah. My wife is rolling her eyes right now. But uh <laughs> she's she's a trooper for uh giving me yeah. my uh my raid nights to, to be a total nerd and uh, yeah. embarrass myself that way. But I have fun with it. And uh yeah. that's a good little outlet coping mechanism for me. Um there you go. But just gotta keep it in check, you know. Um yeah. yeah, so that that trip will be fun, but uh no, this is outside of outside of me just hanging out with the boys. Uh daughter's back in school, this will be her first full week. And then my wife starts her class next week. So, you know, we're just trying to get everything squared away and taken care of and, um, keep it, keep on, you know, work, work is pretty busy. So staying focused on that. And yeah, I'll be, I'll be grinding pretty hard till I, till I head out on Friday. So it'll be a busy week. It'll be a busy week, but I'm excited. And, uh, can't believe summer's already over. Basically, uh, kids back in school and everything. I feel like I blinked and it's, it's over. So Yeah. yeah, we're, uh, Back at it. Back at it again. Got a second grader now. So yeah, that's it. But I'm, I'm just really pumped, uh, for this. And you know, I've, I've had a lot of fun working with you guys on this and and Brandon, thanks for, uh, you know, I was so busy. I did not have a chance to to actually read much of the book. Um, so thanks for putting the notes together and kind of prepping us and helping us get better. And, uh, yeah, I'll definitely pick this book up. I think it's, you know, I have a daughter, so probably need to read the one about raising a daughter. Um, and yeah, just thank you guys for the, the time investment being here uh, to, to make this happen. And, uh, you know, keep, keep being great dads. I'm just proud of you guys. Yeah. And uh, for those of you watching, thanks for tuning in. And uh, thanks for the support. Um, last little plug, last request to the group. If you are watching this, please share it with other dads that you think would be interested. Um, or even guys who are maybe considering being a dad or maybe want to be a dad one day. <laughs> share it with them. Um, a lot of these things are probably better to learn before you're a dad than after you've already got them, yeah, um, and that's one of the best things you can do to prepare for your children is to to learn how to be the best dad possible. So share the heck out of our channel uh, with people you think would, would benefit from it, and uh, we appreciate all the support and the love, and uh, the fathership will grow. That's I think that's what we're going to call it. We'll brand it the fathership. So it's like the fellowship, but for fathers, so...
2: Um, and also
0: you know <laughs> share it with your wives too uh we'd love their suggestions too on you know having that that input because we don't want to look at this you know with blinders on you know my wife gives me a lot of feedback on each episode we do and mm-hmm. recommends things and so yeah i mean there's there's benefits to be had there and maybe it'll start some good conversations between you to strengthen your own marriage and stuff like that so sure uh, please like the channel please uh, like the video subscribe to the channel like the video that's that's what you need to do and then share it with your friends who would benefit from it so that help us help us grow this thing and uh, we'll keep doing our best to put out uh, good ideas that are going to help dads uh, just improve and and raise better raise their kids better and uh, be better husbands to their wives and uh, you know maybe we can we can help some people out there so that's that's really what this is all about any last thoughts comments from the group
1: I'm good, guys. You guys have an amazing week. All right. Nice work, Brandon. You too. Yeah, this is good. Thanks, guys.
0: We kept it a lot shorter this time, a lot more succinct. Yeah, we did good. We did good. (laughs) So, Justin, you'll be up. You're muted, brother. (laughs) He's the boomer of the group, I swear.
3: (laughs) He's the most technologically challenged of the four of us. No, no, I'm not. Not really. Uh, (laughs) I'm just the most tired. Uh, that's <laughs> that is actually action, something... that is probably yeah, the most that's true. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I am going to, um, my next, uh, led podcast is, uh, besides, you know, what's coming up is actually going to be, um, for new fathers. I know that was the toughest transition for most of us. Uh, I want something educational for our followers, yeah, definitely something that somebody can go back to. So what I'm going to do is get my wife and I sleep schedule for the baby. Um, how you can support your wife throughout everything and you know, Mm -hmm. tips and tricks that I learned items. We're going to get like, you know, items and things like that, that I use on a daily basis with my kids and then kind of give you a crash course into welcome, welcoming yourself to fatherhood and, and delirium. And, uh, (laughs) yeah, so it's, that's definitely something there. Uh, the other thing is, um, just went blank. Sorry. Um, mm -mm -mm. uh, if, If you have any comments or you think anybody would be a great guest on our show, um, you have any suggestions, please do not hesitate to reach out to us on our Discord or in the comments Mm -hmm. uh, because we are looking for people with incredible stories and something with substance that we can share with other fathers. So please, please, please share that with us. If you know somebody who um, I, for one, know somebody who just recently lost his son um, to a disease and when the timing's right, I may approach him about coming on board. So it's, it's definitely something that we want to share with other fathers, their experiences, their heartbreaks, their triumphs, everything we want to share the good, bad and ugly. So, uh, please do that for us.
0: Yeah, definitely comment. If you know, even responding to things we talk about, if you disagree, we'd love to hear why. And, um, yeah, just this is, we're just trying to exchange good ideas and and grow together. So Dustin, anything
2: else? Um, I made a Twitter, um, we'll get that all figured out. Um, definitely a goal is to uh, have some short clips, you know, 20, 30 second, um, highlights from the podcasts and, uh, we'll make sure to, um, post those up, you know, so you guys can get, you know, some, some highlights as far as that stuff goes. Um, and, uh, that'll, you know, kind of draw you in to see the rest of it. <laughs> so. I'm the boomer. Huh? No, I'm the boomer. I gotta go. I gotta delete our comment. Joke.
0: Nice job, taking it outside the private chat into the the actual (laughs) chat. Good job, guys. Good job. Good night, fellas. I'm out. Good night. With that, we're gonna end. Appreciate you all. Night, guys. uh, Have a good night. Love. All All right.